Full Scope, a podcast designed to analyze the games that we love, headlines of music, and the movies we can't forget. I'm your host, Winter Burns, but my kind of brother, Savon Morris. How, how you like a day, daylight saving time? <laughs> Bro, didn't even, didn't even know, to be completely honest with you. Didn't even know. I woke up, I was like, why is it still like 4 o'clock in the morning? <laughs> what, it was like Monday if, night, Monday yeah. night around 5, around 5, I was at my mom's like, why is it dark? <laughs> Good? Well, yeah, all right. Because last year we didn't do it. And then right. I'm like, what? So y'all get to pick and shoot? Yeah, just be, like, picky. yeah. just be picky. Just be picky. That's me. weird. That's not my mood. But, <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's Somebody said it had some, um, this daylight tape has some melatonin in it. And I agree. Oh, my god. <laughs> Literally, goodness. man. Mm-hmm. Well, we have a lot of topics to get into for this one. Obviously, NFL, college football heating up. Um, some some NBA topics. We're going to do some album reviews with, with the guests in the second half and at the last half we're going to do a review of the original Candyman. I'm going to start off with the, with the Bengals' Sunday night win versus the Bills and just Joe Burrow's performance. Um, Cincinnati won 24-18. Joe Burrow threw for 384 yards and two touchdowns. And the Bengals also forced two turnovers and, and locked in a tie with the Browns and Steelers for second place in the AFC North. I'm not going to say I was right, but the AFC North is looking extremely spicy. <laughs> They're looking extremely good. <laughs> but... In terms of how Cincinnati is looking, I mean, they do this almost every year where they like start off a little slow, but they get into yeah. a groove. Burrow, there was that concern about the injury. What have been your, your thoughts on on their current <laughs> momentum and just how they're looking so far? I knew he was going to bring that up about the AFC North. It's it's still extremely early, Will. I know, yeah. Um, but they are silly. looking good. <laughs> the, you know, going against, I thought, you know, I didn't know Cleveland was going to be. I mean, it's still early. It's you know, night, yeah. you know, week nine, but it's still early. I didn't know Cincinnati is going to. But anywho. Um, stop, Doobie. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen. We are sponsored by uh, OBO. OBO. <laughs> OBO for all the dogs. My dog. I have a new dog. I'm trying to. Anywho, but they're healthy. That's that's the biggest thing. And like you said, they always start slow. Even when before Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow got hurt his his first year, they started off a bit slow. And then the second year, they started off slow and they went to the Super Bowl. So. Right. They're a slow starting team, and they've been plagued by a lot of injuries. Now they got a bunch of guys back. Joe Burrow's back. Higgins is healthy. Uh, Chase was battling some injuries. Their offensive line is more steady. Uh, and then Mixon is getting mixed in. The play Ooh. calling. No pun. That's the key. Joe Burrow is it's, it's healthy. A lot of people are saying, oh, he got the big contract. He went down. No. Joe Burrow loves to get outside the pocket. He'd extend plays. We know that offensive line is not that good. So him getting out of pocket, him extending plays, him doing a rollout is a big part of their offense. He couldn't do that. He had uh, a nagging knee injury. Now right. he's healthy. You see him escaping the pocket. You see him extending the play. You see him running for first downs. That's the difference. Now the defense has to uh, account for that, and then that's one-on-one action for Jamar Chase Higgins or one-on-one action for the run game. So a lot of things work for the uh, – for the Bengals, yeah. Oh my goodness, dude! Everything worked for the Bengals. Sorry, everything worked for the Bengals in that game. And the Bills, J- Josh is still playing hero ball, and, and he's never done this. This is the second year in the row that he's been playing hero ball and forcing throws, and not playing like the quarterback we've seen coming out and being surprised how good he was. Yeah. And it's it's heartbreaking. And if he doesn't stop playing hero ball, they're not going to make it to the playoffs. Is he ever going to stop? I just I don't see I don't that. I don't I don't see it I don't see it happening because it's just like no. he's just the, he's that guns he's really like that younger version of Brett Favre in a sense like that gunslinger you know what I mean like he really has that that mentality 
That mental telepathy is pretty good. I was just, Brett Favre was in my head. He's a guy. Yeah. It doesn't matter. He's going to sling it. He's going to think he's Superman. Some he can fit in there. Some he can't. You got to right. li- realize your limitations, where you put in your offense and your defense in certain situations to defend on yeah. short fields. And now they're on the field more or they're inside the 30-yard line because you threw an interception. Or like the first game of the season when you played the Jets and you threw three interceptions, two in, I think two of them to the same guy or maybe three of them to the same guy, if I'm not mistaken. So if he doesn't stop playing hero ball, and and this is this is what I said on the podcast before, the running game will have to help him. That'll be heavy. They went to go get Leonard Fournette. Haven't seen him yet. They started running Cook even more, James Cook even more. They need to rely on that running game to make it easier for Josh. And if he doesn't start playing hero ball, they're going to continue to lose games. Yeah, that that's that's that, that's going to be the the ongoing trend for them. And now getting to the Eagles win versus Dallas, um, Philly won at home, twenty eight to twenty three. Jalen Hurts played on a his injured left knee to throw for two hundred seven yards and two touchdowns. He also ran for another. And Dak Prescott had, had a really good game, three hundred seventy four yards and three yeah. scores. But that short two point conversion where he was just right outside of, of the bound, that's the one play we keep going back to because that would have gone into overtime if, if they would have been able to convert that. Uh, they come up short. Um, you know, he has to throw it at CD, uh, a CD, CD Lamb. And um, it's, it's an interesting game because Philly, they weren't like the dominant Philly or like the, the Philly that was avoiding mistakes. I mean, they weren't beating themselves, but they yeah. didn't look like, you know, clicking on all cylinders offensively, yeah. but they're still able to, to edge out that win. And yeah. Philly is the one of the most prepared teams, one of the most disciplined teams. They always find a way to win games eight and one. What were your thoughts on how that game ended? And obviously, Dallas kind of coming up short, but but still really giving Philly all they could handle. Obviously, there's several takeaways from this game, but I'll take it to Thursday. Jason Kelsey, Jason Kelsey on Thursday Night Football with Kirk Hurst. I saw that. I like that. Yeah. And yeah, he he looked he's so trained. Yeah, he's really that podcast. Yeah, podcast is helping. Okay, and you see, Kirk Kirk Hershey was like, "All right, all he right." Had that you know look, me. Kirk had that look. It's like, wow, this guy might be taking yeah, my job. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> but I love what he said. They haven't played a full game, but what does that say? They're eight and one. If they can find and fix those little nuances and and create them, will perfect them. There's they're unstoppable. And I think they didn't really play a complete full game last year either, and they made it to the Super Bowl. And I think they should have won the Super Bowl, but hey, things happen. Yeah. Um, but no, nah, I do think with with the Eagles, there's just like some frustration there for spectators because they're eight and one. They have the push rule. They have this uh, brotherly love. They have all these things going for themselves, and they still haven't played a complete game. And Jalen Hurts has been hurt, and it's a lot of things that's over overwhelming. I think that defense, especially in the middle, we, we've been giving them a lot of praise, but they've been giving up big yards. So I think we, we've seen the, uh, I guess, the barriers for this, for this team and it being pushing past that threshold. And then you look at Dak. I commend Dak. Dak played a perfect game for the, for the first time. Yeah, for the first time in a long time. He played a perfect game. Yeah, he stepped out, but they still had an opportunity to go down and a win. The game, this game is of inches and missed that touchdown. I, yeah. yeah, that's that's big. But I think Dak Prescott played a big game and he, he put the team on his shoulders. No blemishes, no interceptions. Did everything right. I think the running game was working with Pollard. 
I think I did thought you think they were going to win it? Did you think they were going to win it when they were like driving down? Like, what? No. How did you think it was going to? Nah, <laughs> yeah, no. I didn't think so. I was like, there, <laughs> there was. It's always something with the Dallas. That's their barrier. It's just it is not talent wise. They have the talent for with the Dallas Cowboys. It's just something it's missing. Just, it's just in the atmosphere. Maybe the. I mean, the owner used to be a racist or still a racist, and that kind of. I'm sorry, I didn't know. Really. <laughs> We're going to get canceled. It's going to be because of me. Well, it's it. Uh, we're going to lose the OBS sponsorship. No. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is the outstanding one. I'm just a loose mouth one. I think we're a good balance. But it's not there. They don't have talent. It's not that the quarterback isn't good enough. He makes mistakes, obviously. The running game is there. The offensive line is, is battered, but still pretty good. I think they're top 10 offensive line. It's just the. It's just something in the atmosphere with the Dallas Cowboys. Maybe they don't need to be America's team anymore, and then they'll go to the Super Bowl. I heard somebody say, when you look at Dallas and Philly, which coach do you like better? Obviously, Sirianni with with the Eagles because no. these all. I I I would. I'm biased. Would. I'm oh, okay, biased. okay, McCarthy, McCarthy, Mike McCarthy came from. I I hate that he left. You know, I I, I like. Uh, I can't remember his name right now. I like him, but Mike McCarthy. That's Matt Lafleur. The current yeah, one, Matt, Matt LaFleur, yeah. thank you. And I was supposed to be a group of Packers fan. The Packers fan? <laughs> His name is, is, is escaped me. But Stephen I, A says Matt LaFleur. Matt LaFleur. Matt, Matt, LaFleur. <laughs> Matt LaFleur. Now, I'll take Matt McCar- Mike McCarthy. I think I think he's a better play caller. Um, and I, I think our success a lot of times with Green Bay was because of him. And obviously, Aaron got more than a praise. But Mike McCarthy's game planning is that's why he got the position with the Cowboys. That is true. He, Jerry Jones is then you're not gonna put just anybody, anybody as a coach. Yeah. yeah. So Mike McCarthy, I think, is a great coach. It's just it was his time, his senior at Green Bay was running to an end because of I think the conflict that began with Aaron Rodgers. You know, Sarani, I, I like him, I do, but I think I would take a more seasoned head coach and Mike McCarthy, who's who's yeah, had more the success. Been on the block. Now he's Created his own lane of things. Uh, obviously, the brotherly push, um, different uh, offenses to <laughs> to accommodate. That, that, that joint is so unstoppable. Like the this bro. <laughs> Can anybody? Is that is? You remember how Brady had the QB sneak and like everybody knew? Oh, yeah, you're gonna get it. This yeah. is like becoming the 2.0 QB sneak and like you cannot stop it at all. There's if they, no if they have way. a fourth and goal in the Super Bowl against the Chiefs and it's the touch, everybody, like, oh, they're gonna win it. <laughs> they're gonna win it. I would touch push all the way down the field, bro. And then they could, they have other plays within that we've seen. And yeah. I know they have like six or seven more plays within the brotherly push that would be able to like get them big games, like we've seen in one of the uh games this year. But one thing I wanted to say. Yeah, one thing I want to say real quick, they're going to have a very interesting next few games. They've got the Chiefs, obviously, Super Bowl rematch. Yeah. Bills, 49ers, Cowboys. Oh, yeah. What do you see? How do you see their record being after those four games? They beat Chiefs. Oh, okay. They beat the Chiefs. Chiefs, Chiefs, it's... We're about to talk about them. Yes. Yeah, it's, yeah it's they have... Marks. Question marks. Yeah, question marks because they don't have... Even when Kelsey's back, they don't have that big name wide receiver. They don't have someone who can really, really take it off the top like Tyreek. You don't fear the Chiefs' offense anymore. It's beautiful. That defense, though. That defense, though. The defense is 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 straight. I think the defense is the strong point, but you don't yeah. fear their offense anymore. When Tyreek Kelsey, they had um, they had a couple other guys that I can't scary. think of. That was so scary. It was extremely scary because if you focus on Tyreek and Travis Hill. 
and then vice versa. And they had other guys that could be number one receivers. I can't remember the, the, their names. Mm. They had a step. You don't, we don't fear the Chiefs offense anymore. We know what to expect and we know what we have to do now. Yeah, they went to the Super Bowl last year with unknown names. Juju wasn't a big factor. Obviously, you have Travis Kelsey. I mean, him extending the offensive line is still kind of not as strong as they need to be. I think they'll get another left tackle and then probably a draft the right guard, probably fifth or sixth round. Yeah. But we don't fear them. They don't have a big name wide receiver. Tra- we You can match Travis Kelsey with the right scheme. They're, they're, they're beatable. So I think with... The, what the oh okay there's I thought it was going off the internet went crazy, but I think they're beatable. I think the Eagles will beat them. I think they'll lose one game. I don't know what game, but I think in the, the next four span they'll win three out of one, three out of four. I'm really intrigued to see how that San Francisco game goes, especially with them picking up Chase Young and that because that's the NFC the NFC rematch. It's not gonna um, make a difference, bro. But it's I, 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 but that is those are the two like. Those are the two teams that everybody tests. Like, hey, the, these are the 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 the, the top two that we kind of compare. But honestly, Eagles they're they're creating distance. They really are. They're kind of like, yeah. hey, we are the best team in the NFC. You're gonna have to go through us to, to get to the Super Bowl. So they really are um, the standard right now. Um, and we kind of mentioned w- with the Chiefs and the and the Dolphins. Do you do you have any any anything with any, any thoughts on the Dolphins? Kind of like they when they played elite teams. They've come up short. They haven't been as good. Like, have, what are your thoughts on Miami? Just like what they have to do to kind of like get to that point where they can beat like teams like the Bills and the, and the Chiefs and, and the Ravens. It's the defense. It's the defense. You spend all that money on the offense. You have all these offensive weapons. You have one guy, Xane Howard, who's I think is probably top 15 cornerback in the league. But, you know, the only defense alignment that you have that's worth speaking about is Wilkins. And he's a big footing guy. Linebacker core is it's not as great. Like, there's a lot of missing pieces on that defense. They're yeah. going – it's like college, to be it honest. It is. It's like a college. You get all these fast guys, high-power offense, multiple speed runners. You, you score all these points, but you give a lot of points with your defense. And I think th- people are missing out and not going back to the basic of defense and championships. Mm-hmm. And with think of the Ravens when they won their championship. Flacco, he played lights out in the playoffs, but during the regular season, defense stepped up. So many times for them, even when Ravens went down, yeah, countless times. So defense wins championships, and that defense against San Francisco was bonkers, mm-hmm. even with the the lights coming out because of Beyonce. <laughs> <or whatever. laughs> but people got to realize, and the Miami Dolphins have to realize, defense wins championships. They have to fix that defense. You need some 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 guys who can rush the passer. You need another guy who it, it did. Obviously, they got Jalen Ramsey back, but we don't know how healthy he's going to be. Continues. Obviously, got that pick first game back, but. He's been out, so he's got to get acclimated back to the game. Obviously, the interception was whatever, but he has to hit again. He has to do this every single week with that playing injury still there. So I don't know how beneficial he's going to be or uh, like impactful he's going to be during these hard weeks because, as you can see, he wasn't very impactful in the game against the Chiefs, even though yeah. – yeah. So I just don't know. It's just a, the defense – they spend a lot of money on the offense. They need to tweak that defense so they can beat these teams because they give up a lot of points. Absolutely. Um, and now getting into the Ravens uh, dominating Seattle. Baltimore won 37-3 to at home. And Keaton Mitchell had a breakout performance with 138 yards plus his first pro touchdown. And the Ravens are also you know, leading the league with 35 sacks total and had four in the first half. Yeah. This team is really coming together. Lamar Jackson is having one of his most impressive seasons. 
And, you know, this is one of those one of those runs that they're currently on where people are starting to be like, hey, can this team finally get to that AFC championship? Can Lamar Jackson possibly have his um have his like year where he is like the clear, clear cut defined like MVP type of candidate candidate that we all expect him to be? What have been your thoughts on what Baltimore's been doing and their and their dominance against Seattle? A, a pretty good Seattle team, actually. It's a mixture of things. Obviously, Lamar never has the big numbers in the pass game. It's a mixture of run, pass. And then they have the running game to boot. Dobbins is out for the season again. The, Mitchell had 100, what, 138 yards with a touchdown. Edwards came, Gus Edwards came in, 52 yards and two touchdowns. So the running game is working for them. They finally got a good system with that offensive line. They moved yeah. some pieces around, and now it's working. Running game opens up the play action. It's most sim- Football is so simplistic. It's, it's really simple. Yeah, it's, it's so really simple. simple. If they're in cover three, they're bringing a safety down. If you're running the ball, they're going to do that. Now you have outside <laughs> one-on-one <laughs> deep coverage. The, like it's so, it's so simplistic when it comes to football. And I think the Ravens know that. And they, they know they, they don't have a, have to put so much pressure on Lamar to be a pocket passer like they do Justin Fields, like they do Jalen Hurts, like they low-key do Patrick Mahomes. They understand who he is as a player, and they play to his strengths in the running game, and then you get two other runners and running backs, and then you get a tight end and Andrews to complete the entire thing. So that's the beauty about the Ravens. They are so simplistic, and they run the ball. Both of the brothers run the ball. Michigan – and the Ravens, they run the ball. They got Corum, he got Gus. They run the ball. That's oh, Harbaugh run the yeah, run the ball. But yeah, I mean that's it. I mean that's was it. And then Seahawks, I didn't think they were going to allow thirty-seven points. Obviously, oh the defense that is was re- the stunner <laughs> yeah. of the day for me. I was like, mm-hmm. newly renovated defense had some high points, and that yeah. running game just went over them. It's some, some missing pieces within the middle of the Seahawks, even with one of the veteran guys. But, yeah, man, Ravens look really, really good. If that running game can 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 be consistent through the, through the uh, continuation of the season, and then Lamar can add to 100 yards to that passing game to kind of keep everybody honest so they won't That's stack the box. Team. It's dangerous. dangerous. <laughs> and OBJ back looking uh looking healthier. So they got a lot of really good pieces that that, that can that can start clicking. Um and now getting to, I mean, two guys who had really impressive performances, Josh Dobbs had had a had a really good yeah. one. But CJ Stroud has been taking over the headlines. That's Five the touchdowns, Ricky record, 470 yards. No. And they're playing the Bing, which come on, like NFL, I gotta say something. Y'all gotta stop putting these lower tier Sunday night games. We got like the Raiders and Jets. We could be having the Texas and Bengals or, or something. Like it, it's just these some of these primetime games, I'm not understanding. But when you look at what CJ Stroud <laughs> is doing, man, like him coming out of college, he had that obviously that amazing performance against Georgia comes up short. But people were saying, oh, I don't know if you want to take CJ Stroud in the draft and the numbers he's putting up now, what is impressing the most about him and, and what he can get, continue to do? His, his ability to let the game come to him and having a decent offensive line. I think that's the difference between him and um, Buddy from Alabama. Why these names escape me from the Carolina Panthers, bro? Oh, um, Bryce Young. Yeah. 
Bryce Young. That's the difference between the two because I had Bryce Young over C.J. Stroud because of how many things that Alabama allowed him to do in the pocket, him reading the football. Like, it just – he had those, you know, tangible Savon's things. Corner. You, you guys don't know, there's a segment called Savon's Corner. Savon, <laughs> he, he had this. He, you guys are paying attention. Not official. Not official. <laughs> it's coming. Well, it's his created this. Um, but, no, I, I had him over there because of just the little nuances that, that Bryce Young has as a quarterback. And C.J. was more of just, I'm just going to throw it. He didn't read progressions. They're guys. He had better wide receivers in my eyes at Ohio State than Bryce Young had at Alabama. I know a lot of people may say, oh, I don't know about that, but I do. But what he's done so far, I think his belief in himself, they're 4-4. Four and four, They're still a young team, young head coach, first head coach, DeMarco, uh, DeMarco Ryans. And I think they're playing great football in the niche of where they come from the past couple of seasons, but I think it's the confidence he has in himself and allowing yeah. the game. He's actually learning, relearning the game of football because a lot of coaches on don't require, yeah, on the fly. A lot of coaches in college don't require their quarterback to read defenses. They they read them for them. They give, hey, if this guy, if the X is not open, throw it to the Y. So they're not actually reading the defense. They're just taking what the defense gives them. With NFL, you really have to pre-read the defense. Yes. You can switch the play. So he's relearning the game, and it's starting to slow down a little bit for him. And he's, That's he's, what he's, I'm he's, seeing. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking that to myself. I was like, it looks like the game is just so slow for him. Like, do you think yeah. that is like, – even Joe Burrow says, like, the game is just slow for him. Like, he can yeah. just, like, read through it. Like, do you think that is a learned thing or – one of those things where you're kind of getting into a groove like later on in, in, into the season and you just start to see things different. No, that's a learned thing. That's something that's countless amount of time in film, uh, talking to your quarterback coach, uh, getting with the offensive line, like being in sync. Being in sync is, is, is very, I mean, obviously it's beneficial and it's good for the offense, but you individually slow it down by watching film. Look at Luke Keekley. He watched so much film. Ray Lewis watched. They slowed the game. Like he knew plays. Before they even ran him, hey, it's a sweep this way. It slowed down because he put in the time and effort to learn the game and learn these teams. So I think when it's like the game is slowed down, that means I watch a ton of film. I'm confident in the playbook. I'm completely healthy. So let's get it. And I think that plays a part. You definitely have to slow the game down by learning the game and, and watching film. Something somebody didn't do that we won't name <laughs> that everybody know. Yeah, you all know him. <laughs> you already know zero <laughs> percent. Um, and, and before we move on uh, to college football, especially with, with Josh Dobbs um, and his performance, you know, completing twenty-eight to thirty-eight, one hundred fifty-eight yards, two touchdowns. He's stepping in for Kirk Cousins now. Obviously, Kirk Cousins had season-ending injury. What is what stood out to you in that performance, and and do, and how do you think he can build on what he's doing? Because they kind of had that set way of like, hey, like Kirk is our guy. That's a big adjustment to step in for a quarterback who has, you know, highs and lows, but can have, have extreme highs. And now he's having to completely reconfigure the offense. You, everybody listen, if you don't watch football, listen to this. Yes. What Josh Dobbs did was extremely hard to do. It's not easy. Extremely hard to do to come in week, just a short week, be able the man is a rocket sciencer. He's he's a rock. He's rock. He's a rocket. He's a science. So his IQ allowed him to be able to come in. Don't know anybody names. Haven't thrown to anybody. Barely knows the playbook. He knows the concept of the playbook and be able to do what he do and and get them a win. 
That's not easy to do. Josh Dobbs is on another planet. Literally, he can go to another planet. <laughs> the dude is so freaking smart. Yes, he's so freaking smart. That's a football IQ and just a regular IQ of the game. He said he gave him a, like, I'm confident in this, 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 this. Okay. And that's exactly what they did. And he was smart enough. And he's a good enough quarterback with his talents to be able to get the ball to people that he never thrown to. Don't even know their names, really. So what he did was so hard to do. Don't expect anybody else to come in. You look at. You can't replicate uh, that. You can't replicate no. that at all, man. I don't care who it is. Brett, I mean, uh, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, they're not going to be able to do that in a short week like that. That's that's just being extremely smart. I don't, that's that's how I feel. I don't think any other quarterback could have did that. And I've never seen another quarterback do that. Man incredible yeah. <laughs> incredible definitely a rocket scientist <laughs> yes bro let's give him flowers bro that's crazy yes. to do definitely um and, and, and before we get to kind of some of the games this past weekend obviously if if you have any semblance of what's been going on jim harbaugh has been all over the headlines obviously yesterday he was suspended um the victim decided to suspend him three games um, for the the, the sign a uh, uh, stealing oh scheme goodness. and to close it out, I mean the the last two, three games of the regular season. Like, what has what has been your takeaways of this? This has been constantly in 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 media coverage, and now it's just one of those things where, like, the beginning of the season there was a suspension. Now he's suspended the last three games, and it's it's a big mess. It's it's a, it's a major mess. This is what I'd say, and I'll move on. What they're doing is not going to stop them for winning the national championship, Uh-oh. winning the playoffs. They're the most complete team, the most disciplined team, and you can win games and blow people out without your head coach for the first four games, and now you got to blow up some other people. They're going to beat the crap out it. of Penn State. They're going to beat the crap <laughs> out of Penn State. Because McCarthy is playing lights out. He's playing like a seasoned quarterback in the NFL. Right. The running game is working. Offensive line of discipline. Two guys transferred from Stanford immediately, immediately start. Defense looks good, poised. They're one of the least teams with penalties, team penalties, individual penalties. They're so disciplined. They're so well-oiled machine, even without their head coach in the football. What they're doing to Harbaugh would not stop them from winning the winning the uh, playoffs. Can't That's stop. How can't stop. Can't stop. <laughs> That's how I feel. Come on, bro. This like, is not that's the, f- the thing. You can't take that away. What they have as a team, I know Jim Harbaugh is important, but what they have as a team is so integral. It's it's not any. They weren't phased the the, the, per, the first four games of the season, and I don't like you said they're not going to be phased last year. And with that, the first black head coach for Michigan was was born, even if it was for a game. So in that suspension brings life and growth. Yeah, these kids are bought in so much that they can compete. With a clear mind without their head coach, you think they can't do that for another three games? You got your rabid mind, bro. Come on. They and I'm them. a Florida Gators fan, bro. <laughs> We're defending Michigan. <laughs> Go blue! <laughs> Go blue. <laughs> I got so many past college friends in Michigan who are, are going to be like, yeah, Wellington, you defended them. <laughs> like, right. They got a good team. I got to admit it. <laughs> Um, really good. And, and now getting into to the Alabama LSU game, Alabama won at home 42 to 28. Jalen yeah. Monroe ran for 154 yards and four touchdowns, plus three for another 219 yards. And we remember earlier in the season, they lost to Texas. There were ma- major questions. Jalen Monroe is looking extremely um, 
more set, looking more settled, honestly, um, and, and, and understanding the offense more. He's he's a dual threat type of quarterback. May not have the yeah. same t- type of arm talent as past Alabama quarterbacks, but that yeah. him running and being able to, to just dominate in the run game is very um, is working really working wonders for them. What were your thoughts on this matchup for for um, Alabama and also just what they can do going forward? Because they they all got their eyes on Georgia. That, yeah. <laughs> that that's the major target. <laughs> yeah, you know. Two things, big things I I uh, got from this. Daniels puts himself in so many situations. I'm surprised he has not got a concussion yes. before this game. He's such a big part of the offense. When he went out, game's over. Instantly. Like, Instantly. the life went out. Like, it was a really good game. For through, th- through three quarters, and instantly was was a wrap. Same thing with Florida State. Yeah. When they stop him from running, instantly. So that was the biggest takeaway. Second takeaway, I'm a big fan of – not a big fan. I'm a fan of Merrill. Yeah. I, I want him to succeed at quarterback. They finally are realizing, stop trying to make him a pocket passer. He's not Bryce Young. He's not Tua Talavaloa. I think I said that right. (laughs) (laughs) He's not that. He's Jalen Hurts. And they have a history of taking dual threat quarterbacks and trying to make them a pocket passer. Yeah. They need to allow Jalen to run. His confidence gets better. I've never seen him so confident in a game. Oh, my goodness, man. He He was... was, was, at peace. He was in a sanctuary. He was at peace. <laughs> <laughs> he was in a sanctuary. That was a good one. Um, still inaccurate. Still inaccurate. Yeah. A lot of his throws. Um, he's deep ball, deep ball accuracy. He's really, it's short, short intermediate throws that he has to work on in the offseason. But I think he has a ceiling that he can get to and become uh, a good quarterback, top five quarterback, possibly in the NCAA next year. But there's a lot of tangible things, but he needs to work on the intangible things that no one can teach him. It has to be within him. But they're going to have to open the playbook and allow him to run, allow him to bootleg. I love when they start letting him bootleg, just like Jalen. They need to take what they did wrong with Jalen Hurts and fix it with, with Milroy. That's 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 basically, they're the same type of quarterback. But I think Jalen had better accuracy, but they didn't, they didn't have confidence in Jalen to run the full playbook. I think yeah. that's they gotta that let him the loose. difference. They, they got to let him loose. loose. In this Don't game, it was loud on the run. He had confidence. He's a running back. Typically, his body size is a running back, but he can throw. He can do all these other things for as the quarterback position. But I think he's going to be the starting quarterback next year. They just have that confidence. He needs to work on his accuracy. But that was the difference. Those are the two takeaways. They allow him to start running more, and you put up 42 freaking points. With proof is in the pudding there. <laughs> Stop making these dual threat quarterbacks hey pocket guys, passers. Football is simple. That's simple. The, I want you guys to take away. Football is very simple. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, yeah, and, and now getting into uh, into Georgia's win versus Missouri. Uh, Georgia won thirty to twenty one at home, and Azir Stackhouse had a, a huge fourth quarter interception that helped the Bulldogs protect, protect their league and put them at uh, nine and zero. Uh, Georgia is you know skill skill rolling, um, yeah. skill looking. Uh, like that, that they still got that 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 defending champ feel. Like hey, yeah. we're sharp, and that yeah. three feet is hard. But they but they definitely are going for it. Uh, what were your takeaways from this win? And you know, obviously, 
I'm going to say my most already, I'm going to skip ahead, most intriguing week 11 game is Ole Miss Georgia. That's definitely what I got my eyes on. So so how, how did you feel about this game? Lane Kiffin. Lane, uh, oh, man. So a couple things. This game was closer than I thought it was going to be. Yes. I thought, Mi- I thought Missouri was going to beat Georgia. I had Missouri beating Georgia, and I, I don't think you, you feel the same way. But how Missouri has been playing this past, this year, I've seen something different. I'm scared to, for Florida Gators to play them in a couple games. Jeez. Missouri looks so good this year. They're 7-2. They were 7-1 and one when they played Georgia. They were, I think they were like number nine or something. Missouri has never been that high ranked since they came into the SEC and went to the SEC championship. They're so, yeah, so I didn't think this game was going to be this close. I thought Missouri is going to figure them out early, and then they're going to be able to, to implement a lot of things. But, man, shout out to Beck. Beck is starting to settle in. Again, he's not reading defenses. Don't let these college quarterbacks fool you about the reading. They already have pre-snap pre, uh, pre, uh, pre, uh, reads that the coaches give them in their playbook. If the X is not open, throw it to the Y or whatever the case may be. But yeah. Beck is starting to settle and not make try to play hero ball. He's it is trying to run a little more too. I, I've been seeing that the last couple of games, and is he's trying to become that dual third quarterback and extend yeah. plays like uh, his predecessor did, who's with the uh, the Rams. What's his name? Currently, current quarterback who? Stafford. No, the quarterback who just went from Georgia. They won a the championship with him, and he's with the Rams. Oh, Stetson Bennett. Stetson Bennett. There we go, brother. I, I don't want to throw it. I've been, I've been, I've been getting all the names. I've been getting all the names, so I got to keep my streak going. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, that, and that's exactly why they were good with Stetson Bennett. Stetson Bennett extended the plays. Yeah, third downs when they everybody was covered. He extended the plays, get the first down run. I think Beck is starting to do that more. Two hundred fifty-four yards, two touchdowns. Still a young guy settling into that role, settling into those shoes of what Bennett did. But yeah. I think he's 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 getting and gearing up to to consistently do that task. But I didn't think this game was going to be this close. But this was a really good game. Georgia's continue to show that they're willing to fight and make history or try to make history. They're gonna get they're gonna get they're gonna get close to it. They may not oh, make yeah, it, but, sure. they're, but they're but they're definitely gonna get close to it. Um, mm-hmm. Before we move on to to the um, to our NBA topics, do you, do you have a most intriguing week eleven game? Oh. Um, uh, Michigan and Penn State. Oh, Penn State. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's what I'm looking for because people have been looking at me crazy. Don't make it. Don't make us look bad, Michigan. Don't make us look bad. Yeah, and people like, hey, bro, who you have winning? You know, winning the playoffs, and I say Michigan, and they just look at me. I'm like, bro, Michigan. Oh, they haven't played anybody, but they're blowing them out. I see if they were winning like 25, 21 to three or something like that. They're blowing teams out. And now they're about to get into the bulk of their schedule and they're going to show you why, why they're going to win the playoffs. So, yeah, this is the first test to show people Penn State, Michigan. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. But I, I obviously I have Michigan winning. That's my most intriguing game. Um, and now getting to the NBA and kind of thoughts on OKC's potential and how they've looked so far. They're currently sixth in the East. A six in the West, Shea Gilge Alexander has picked up kind of where he left off last season, averaging 21.2 points. And the connection with him and, and Chet Holcomb has been really top tier. Uh, Lou Dort has been contributing as well. Um, and, and there have been, you know, obviously more impressive teams, but this is a team that 
is we're starting to see like, hey, this could be like a young core that could start going on a run, run, just like how we saw Sacramento last year push Golden State. This could be a team that could be a dark horse in the West. Uh, what has it out to you so far about them? And and uh, Slavon's giving that look. <laughs> no. <laughs> how, 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 do you, how do you kind of feel about this team so far? No, I, it was just funny. Like, are you always like say the dark horse? Um, I, I, I do. Like, I do say that because yeah, I got a friend. I got a friend who's a big. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna try to have them on the show in a couple weeks. But they're they are a huge OKC fan. They think Shea Gilch Alexander is the greatest player on <laughs> earth, and they're just they're just sold on them. So a lot OKC is generating a lot of hype currently. So what I, what I like about um, OKC right now, one, they're averaging 118 points a game. Yes. Two. They're winning on the road, haven't lost on the road yet. That's key. That's yeah, that's huge in basketball, winning on the road, and they've been doing that 2-0. Um, and I think I watched a couple, I called a couple games, and man, I've I forgot his name. And I was like, hey man, he this dude got like five names in one, one name. He's a young guy. And I think he just said his name. Thank um, you, Alexander. Yeah. <laughs> that's and, such a complicated. <laughs> Such a complicated name. SGA. <laughs> no, for real. That's exactly what I'm about to start calling him. SGA. Uh, SGA. I've been at SGA, Student Government Association, brother. Um, but watching him, it's unfair. It's, that's what I'm saying. It's unfair how much he has, and I'm sweating thinking about it, how much he has <laughs> in his bag at point guard. You know, I'm. that's one of my favorite positions, point oh, guard yeah, and then yeah. center. is like Him to have... Be that tall, move that quick, create his own shot, facilitate, move around. Like, it's so many things in his back. Then he can post you. Then he can take you. He's a slasher. It's unfair. They're five and three, mostly because of him. Um, But they do have a young core. We've seen them progress year after year. Uh, Even when Chris Paul was there, I thought they had chances to, to, to yeah, even with that young core, they're close. OKC hasn't been the same since obviously Russ left, KD left, James Harden left, Ibaka, um, Adams. What a run! What a run! <laughs> yeah, now it's they've been rebuilding. I think now they're surely close to fruition. I want to say trust the process because that process has never been finished with 76ers, but they're close to fruition. And I, I like this, um. I like uh, oh, I think it's Luke Wentz Dort. He's such a yeah, Lou Dort. He's he's such an underrated player. He's a major key for them. Yes, and then Chet Holmgren being able to play the center position, which he can play any position on the court. I think that's a big strong suit. Um, Chet and and Wimby, Chet and Wimby rivalry. (laughs) Yeah, I I saw what he put on uh, Twitter talking about. Yeah, that was a a head head butt or elbow or something because it showed him uh, getting yeah. And that definitely was an offensive foul. They did not call because he's the the star child right now. Oh yeah. If Chet would have never got hurt uh during that pro am, that oh, would have been his man. rollout. That would have been his rollout for sure. He really was set up to have a big rollout, bro. I remember we, yeah. we talked about that and we were like, that is because tip the same player. Yeah. They're the same player, bro. Literally the same player. Definitely. It's just um, two tones different. Two tones. <laughs> and, and before we before we move on to break, um, the Sixers, ah. man, they are currently first in the East. They are looking really good. And beat is having another kind of MVP caliber type start to the season. Um, also, I, f- I feel as though the the Warriors they have been impressive as well. 
Um, they they came up clo- uh, uh, close uh, to, to to Denver. Um, lost by lost by two or three on the road. Yeah. Um, Clippers have looked a mess. <laughs> it's just like it's it's so bad. <laughs> what are I? This is what this is what we should expect, man. Like only one person can have the ball at a time. Your turn, my turn, and now we got to make sure Harden's happy, which is never going to happen. Um, Who thought this was a been, good idea? That's what I'm saying, man. Have there been any um, any other takeaways from from the from the season so far? Any teams or any players uh, that have stood out to you? Milwaukee is yeah. kind of is getting off to a slow start as well, but yeah, yeah. which I thought was going to happen because yeah. yeah, but uh, Dallas, Dallas has Ooh. been surprising me. Cheers. Yeah, yeah, because Kyrie is. I think Kyrie bought he's in. Bought in. You see, I can. I'm like, yo, I don't know if he's gonna keep this up, but Kyrie's looking a little calm. Like, I'm buying into this. Yeah, he bought in. I think, man, Mark Mark Cuban is such a a a, a great owner slash manager, and he really cares for the players, and he's gonna look out for the bench best interest. I don't think Kyrie has ever had that in an owner ever. Not even with the Cavaliers. Especially with the Celtics, management matters, and Mark Cuban is a man of the people, man of his players, and he's been doing this for so many years, and he he seen he's seen everything, right? So I think that plays a role, and then having a the confidence like I have a guy who can knock down shots in Luca. Oh yeah, um, we we have some some Luka great pieces around us. Yes, Lucas Lucas looking good, and then Denver, Denver, Denver is. Denver is looking really good. Like, really, really good. And this guy was making fun of my finals pick. Oh, you always pick Denver, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> that is not my voice. That is not my voice, sir. That's so funny, man. Are you a big Denver? <laughs> it's still early, sir. It's still it's early. Still it's still early. early. Any, still any thoughts early. on your finals, your finals pick, Lakers? I said the Lakers. Oh, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm standing on mine. Denver, Boston. Denver, Boston. I'm not. <laughs> I don't even remember mine. Did I say. Because um, I know you I have Milwaukee s- in the East. You have Milwaukee in the East. Oh, so I, I said the Lakers in Milwaukee? I did not say that. Did you say Golden State? I don't Which remember one? what I said. Okay. That's the that's the I'm being like truthfully. Okay. I, oh, okay. I did say I did say the Lakers in, in um in Milwaukee. I did say that. You still feel good about that pick. <laughs> it's still early. It's still early. It's, it's still early, early for sure. Last year we didn't think uh Lakers were gonna make it to the playoffs, so last year. Very true. We're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back. Yeah, my cat Welcome may back to the show, and now we're now we're joined by <laughs> special guest <laughs> Joe Pizzolatto. <laughs> what better way to do it? This is this is the way it's gonna be. But he yeah. is one of he's one of the most talented guitarists I know. I mean, I, I feel as though you have been around some of the best. Kelly Price, Hans Williams, the Shady Recruits, bro. You you've done it all. Thank you so much for being on on this, the show, bro. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Super super uh, stoked that you hit me up. You know. Absolutely, man. And uh, we have a lot of album reviews to to, um, to get into. And it started off with Butcher Brown, Solar Music. Um, in their new album, you know, it has a really strong mix of jazz and hip hop. There's various combinations assisted by a plethora of guests. And this was just a high level collection of songs and just sequenced really well. And, you know, I, we mentioned even before uh, recording, Joe, like you you brought this, this group up to me as a recommendation. And ever since you did, I've been hooked on them. I mean, they are so talented. They have such a, a groovy 
mix in terms of in terms of their music. Uh, what mm-hmm. did you think about this new album and just you know how, how you felt about it when it when it came out? Um, man, as I was telling you, I think earlier before we kicked it off, um, I've been following that group for a long time. Uh, you know, early iterations of the band, everything. Uh, the new record is it's been cool to see the transition from what really in my eyes they started as this you know i'm not gonna say full-on lo-fi but like it was bedroom produced it was really organic and now to see them in this new record where it's still wouldn't classify it as heavily produced but i mean the mixing the production is incredible um it's i think this the totality of this record really um you know, I would love to see some mainstream um, playback off this record. Some of those tracks, man. I mean, it's got that four on the floor, that groove that like, yes, I want to, you know what I'm saying? I want to hear this on, on some, on some more radios. I mean, internet, whatever it may be, but um, man, the record top to bottom is really cool. There's a, you know, there's a couple songs that I really just kind of eh, skip over. And that's it was, some filler, it was some filler songs to me. And just filler. Filler. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you know, they're always going to give you the vibe on the instrumental tracks, you know, specifically um, top to bottom. Yeah. I mean, again, as I was telling you earlier, like as soon as they, um, you know, they started giving singles one bit at a time. Uh, what's that one song in there? Uh, I can say. Uh, oh, man. yes. Dude, that, that, when that came out, when that first, <laughs> oh, man, <laughs> that was, bro, that was my like, you know, airport tune, bro. Like I was just, <laughs> man, I'm in Atlanta airport. Just like, yeah, nobody tell me anything, bro. Like I, I got this all figured out. Like yeah. the vibe of that is, um, it, beautiful. So that set the tone for me with that record. I was like, man, if this is where they're going with this, you know, but other than that, you know, other than the one or two tracks, like you just said, you nailed it perfectly. They're kind of just fillers, personal opinion, but the whole thing top to bottom is still at its core the Butcher Brown that I've always loved, which is great. What was their last album last year? Was they called it the Triple Tray? Uh, the Triple Tray Brown? Yeah, yeah. How, how, did, uh, how would you compare those two? Because I really like that project, so I still go back to that one a lot. Yeah, I, well, I, th- I did. I think, I think this newest record is a little bit more mainstream and in a healthy way. It's not like they're disappearing from what you know, I've known them as, you know, yeah. being a listener for so many years. I didn't listen to that record as much, um, you know, cause you had, uh, King Butch, um, uh, you know, and you go like, personally, I've listened to all purpose music to the point to where I'm surprised that Apple music has not contacted me to be like, <laughs> stop. <laughs> <laughs> stop you know but <laughs> you uh, have an addiction <laughs> yeah they're like we're recording you now yeah but um but you know yeah i mean triple tray was still great though you know i do yeah. like how it, it was i think the predecessor that got them to this new record obviously that you know to build up but yeah like the little bit more modernization like let's write songs that you know for all i've known for butcher to be for so long and the beauty of them is definitely their mold of hip hop, uh, you know, jazz fusion, um, yeah. and and that has grown into then saying like like we just said earlier, you know, I can say to you like that track, like that proved like okay, you guys are out here writing 
well-rounded songs. Songwriting. Right, strong, yeah. strong songwriting. Blew my mind. Blew my yeah. mind. Definitely. Um, and Savon, this is like kind of the first time we've reviewed like a band type of album. How did you feel about this project and just o- the overall feel of it? Bro, I did not like this. Now I was about to say, I was about to be like, all right, all right, I'm out. First, first nah, guest appearance. <laughs> Yo, this made me like, because I'll listen to just like regular jazz or just like guitar, like just saxophone. So them to be able to play this type of funk, jazz, hip hop combined it and also put <laughs> features on it, uh, writing ability. I think the writing could, I, I don't know if they've done that pre- previous because I've never heard of them beforehand. Well, it puts me on so much music that embraces my horizon so many times. So um, I thought this was really dope. I do think they have a sound and a pocket that's, I think it's different. Sorry about that. Oh, Sponsored yeah. by For All the Dogs. Uh, <laughs> the dog is chewing on my Obi chair. Obi on Sound Radio. this <laughs> guy. Yeah. They definitely have a sound. And I think, again, they have so much potential. I think they haven't even tapped into yet. And I think if they were able to hone their sound, maybe in a studio or somewhere and to be able to progress and they could get those radio. I think some of these songs could be radio. Spin. They could be radio songs. Okay. This is mainstream. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the, joint sure. with, the joint with Jay Prince. I mean that, you know, yeah, move. Yeah. Move right. Yeah. That was dope. That's a, that's like, if I may, you know, potentially create a new version or a, a tag, if you will, um, sub genre, we'll call it like, yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a vibe club banger. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, that would be, I walked into a club and they're playing that. I'm like, this is, I'm coming here every week. You know what I'm saying? Like that is, that's like on that Katranata tip that's on that. Yeah. You know, um, a little bit of Flying Lotus, Thundercat. I'm like, yo, it's hip. I think it's so hip. You know? They gave off major Thundercat vibes. Live, yeah, 100%. Underground. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Um, any favorite songs? Any f- favorite particular songs from, from for, for you guys in this one? Oh, man. Um I, you know that I can say to you, Join is is really like that one takes the cake for me. Let's see, let me double check the. I'm a big fan of Espionage with uh, Charlie Hunter. Um, oh yeah, yeah, that yeah, like that's a the side of sunshine. Uh, Tur- Turismo, Turismo is good. I like Turismo. Um, I'll be honest. I'll tell you the one that I don't really like. I think it's. Um, I think it's uh, uh, I Never Knew or whatever. It was just kind of like this, oh, do you know what you're doing? That's another. That's another. I love that track. That's yeah. a great one. It's a really good um, one. But uh, I think it was I Never Knew where it was kind of like this. It was definitely, you know, kind of like a straight ahead jazz feel type vibe. But there, I don't know, it was like some experimentation with, with um, you know, the cadence on on the MC that I was just like, it was too much of, I mean, look, uh, maybe I'm being old school. I mean, I'm all down for, for an MC to reinvent himself in cadence world, you know, but bro, there was a point where I'm like, nah, man, I mean, you don't, you don't really need to take over what an instrument could do in this band setting. It was, you know, which track I'm talking about, it's, you know, which one? it's, it's a little overpowering. I, I, yeah, bro, I, yeah, was just like, yeah. I just skipped that one. I'm like, I ain't, I'm not, yeah. not on that one. 
That's um, the thing. Like when when and Savon, even to you, like what do you think about when when kind of when when rappers kind of get infused with bands and like what's the balance that they should have in terms of hey like this is the part pocket I should get into this is when I should let them take over this is when I should kind of you know be more assertive I mean it should be just be an added instrument like your voice should be adding added instrument let the band be the front runner you're just there to aid them and I, I think a lot of people think that's it is backwards the band is not to aid the singer or whatever no you're aiding the band they hear the band first. They hear the instruments first. Before you even open your mouth, you're at an instrument, your voice is. So I think it definitely was overpowering. And I'm like, bro, they should have just had this instrumental. They should never had dude on there. Shut up. Yeah. Um, Cause it was, yeah. I, I like, I liked where they were going with it. It was like, Joe, you're right. It was like a straightforward jazz, but I'm a, I'm, I'm a, I'm a fool for just straightforward jazz. Just like, yeah. like those type of vibes. <laughs> Like I'm old school. My my granddad used to listen to jazz all the time. So, like, anywho, but yeah, he should never been on the track. Like you said, he did try to find some nuance of this. Yeah, oh, I shut up! I give it credit, bro. But it's like you know, it, it you was took away was, from the track. You took yeah, away from the music a bit too much, and especially when I when they were dropping this album piece by piece, and then they, I got that, and I was like. It's like, man, come on, bro. Like, don't don't fall short. I was on my yeah. knees praying, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we we like to say, is it an album song or a single it's song? A single song. That's definitely was an album song. I hope they yeah. didn't drop that as a single. Did they no, drop that as a uh, single? Yep. Yep. It's got a star. Oh my next. god. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, bro. That was yeah. That was it. Oh no. Yeah, no. That's definitely not a single song. <laughs> Trust me, man. That was a folly. Yeah. Um, and I'll get into our next review with the Alchemist Flying High Part 2. Um, this is, this to me, like, this was a very detailed EP and layered. The interludes and blended outros, you know, between tracks added a lot to the overall construction of this as the Alchemist, you know, also shows his skill set on the mic effortlessly. And me and Savon always talk about how the Alchemist is one of our favorite producers. And he's just, he gives so many artists just immaculate production almost every year. And then I, I like yeah. I like how he, like, balanced the MC, you know, his MC style with uh with it, with this type of uh choice of production. To you, Joe, how did you feel about this EP and and kind of the overall feel of it? Oh man, I mean, it's you know, before I even touched guitar, um, I wanted you know, I was a hip hop head, you know, I wanted to produce, you know, um, so Alchemist, Alchemist is one of those that are. There's one of those producers for me that has always been um, in my catalog. You know what I'm saying? In my in my just listening, like you know, I've got my my tier list, and it's not even like nothing else is allowed in there. But point being, Alchemist is definitely part of that top five for me, and he's always been. And his production really carries the torch. Uh, you know, with what I love about hip hop. You know, like, I mean, oh, I've got, look, man, I've got about three. You got a, you got a collection. <laughs> I got, yeah, I got about 3,000 records here. And there's a whole, you know, there's a whole crate of them over there filled too. Um, and I mention that because it's an art form, man. It's an art form yeah. to dig through these things. And, mm -hmm. you know, like, that's the cat that will fly, you know, overseas to dig through crates in Japan or, or to, you know, it could be Australia, it could just be Europe in general, wherever it is, you know, 20, 30 minutes away from the house. Like that record holds on to 
what I love about, you know, Mad Lib, uh, Jay Dilla, you know, uh, 14 Karat, like, you know, that yes. classic, like, you know, like he, him and Mad Lib truly right now are like the ones that really, you know, hold that. So the whole, got the top in, spot. yeah, bro, like at least in this, you know, in this type of sampling, you know, where your sampling continues the story um, and he did it well. And it's cool. It's so dope to hear him spit, start spitting more. You know what I'm saying? Like he's really getting on the mic more and he's been doing that. He's yeah. been doing that for years, you know, yes. like, but to kind of get, you know, I mean, like you said earlier, uh, where he's, he's really getting into, uh, he's been dealing with other artists and, you know, like his repertoire right now, you know, with other artists has been spot on, bro, spot on. And then to drop this and then be like, yo, I'm going to spit, I'm going to, I'm going to lay it down and he's been killing it. So that whole, honestly, I have no qualms with any of it. Um, I just loved it. And I love the fact that I got to get them all instrumental tracks, too. That's mm -hmm. uh, that's the cheat code. I was mm -hmm. like, I can enjoy this as instrumental music as well. Yes. That's, that's, yeah, that's, bro. That's so great. That's so great. Yeah, uh, man. I, uh, I think that's such a beautiful thing, you yeah. know, to, to give to give that to people. Like, release a whole record and then give me the instrumentals. <laughs> Definitely. You know, let, me, let me bump those. And Savon, some of the production on albums has been better than some of the actual music this year. So, like, to get the production is 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 really awesome. Uh, yeah. To 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 use Savon, how did you kind of feel about this this project? Um, I, I know you're obviously a big fan of the Alchemist, and he just continues to show you know his versatility and skill set. Top five, still top five to this day. Top five producer ever, in my opinion. That's just how I feel it. Man's so versatile. And then. What I was so pumped on, as soon as I turned it on, I heard his voice. I was like, you you better rap. You better yeah, rap, bro. <laughs> and you better I, rap. Yeah. So and when he started too. rapping, I was like, yes! Because a lot of people don't know Alchemist can rap. He's like, been in the game for so long, bro. So long. Yeah. So, so, so long. He's got and bangers that, he's, <laughs> that he spit on. Like Yes. So yes. Good. A lot of people just know him if they don't haven't heard of Alchemist. They know him because of Action Bronson. And I'm like, no, bro. Yeah. He's been around eons away from of Action Bronson, which I rock with Action too. And I'm glad he was on his project because his voice is just an added instrument too. His how he raps, his cadence, just yeah. how he says words, his jaw. Like it's just a, so much goes into and then Alchemist is a purist. And I'm all that because I have a collection too. As soon as I seen that, I was like, I'm about to borrow some of them jokes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have yeah. like that. You're that me. I probably like I have a hundred, and I'll play them every so now. I got Frank Sinatra to yeah. whatever, whatever. Um, but I I try to become a purist because you have that. That's that original sound of music, era of music. And I want to be a producer too, but my ears from yeah. just rapping and doing other stuff. I don't have the ear for producing anymore. Man, I just you know, don't have it. You know, it's just those guys. They. I've listened to them develop their ears. And yeah. I think that's just really cool. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, what was it? Uh, First Infantry, you know, 04. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, Alchemist, man. Like, that had, you know, that was his first show of like, yo, I'm out here. Yes. Uh, I mean, everything he's done with Freddie, you know, um, with Freddie Freddy Gibbs. Gibbs. Yeah. You yeah. know, yeah. Uh, yeah. Penny Butcher, um, uh, um, I'm brain farting. Was it Conway? Um, yeah, he did something with Conway. All of Griselda. Yeah. All of Griselda. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, bro. But, too, yeah. you know, it's like, again, to see the similarities, like, you know, that's, the, I'll say this too, is like, 
I'm not comparing them. I think they're in the same wheelhouse and similarities, but their ears are different. But like him and Madlib, like Madlib did a similar thing where he was like, okay, I'm going to start spitting on my stuff, you know, on, on top of my tracks. But, you know, obviously he went in the way of, uh, was it Quasimodo? And, and then he did, you know, he pitched his voice up or whatever and did it mm. in a different route. But I mean, I think that was point being Alchemist stepped to the occasion. And I love to see, it's like he's almost been building up what and who he's been working with. Yeah. To be. And so I, I cannot wait. I mean, I hope he just keeps going. You know what I'm saying? Honestly. Like, I would love to see that. a Nas. I would love to see him like produce like a Nas album. Because I know Nas has been oh, working with him. I want to see Nas and him finally. Yeah, I would, bro. Bro, him, would I would be. love to see, you know, bro, like a him and Joey Badass would be. Bro, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Is, yeah, we love Joey. That is like. <laughs> I, well, honestly, like low key, one you know, one of my favorites, like for real, like you know, um, but yeah, there's a list. There's trust me, there's a list in my Bro, head of like that would be crazy. That would be so fire. You know, that would probably be the album of the year with Joey Badass. Oh, easy, and yeah. Nas. Hands oh down. my well, goodness. Well, well, listen, I gotta. I want to know, like, what did you think? Like, what was your, you know, like initial? I absolutely loved it because to me, like, like Savon has always said. His the fact he can double up the level of production with like the with him still spitting as well because he had a mm-hmm. video recently with Hit Boy where like both artists were were both producers were rapping I was like everybody was praising the Hit Boy version it was good but I'm like yo the Alchemist is smooth his flow is so smooth bro it, it's, it's yeah. like I've always wanted to like because because you know back in the day so we still rap a little <laughs> actually actually a lot yeah. more but. The the flow the 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 importance of a flow and how and how you can glide on a beat the alchemist has just mastered that to me oh, because yeah. it, it's, oh, just, yeah. it's it's not he's not forcing it he, he's not too aggressive he's not too like low key because some rappers like Ish. like I'll say like like a Jack Harlow he is so too chill on a beat and I'm like yeah. can you bring up the intensity like a little yeah, yeah. <laughs> but oh, the alchemist yeah, yeah. I mean he's he he does he does a good job of like. I mean, it's like everything he did with MF Doom, man. It's yes. like MF Doom, for some, is, hey, you know, like, that's the dense. That's how dense hip-hop can get in terms of, you know, even just lyricism, you know, because some, you know, somebody like MF Doom, you know, you, you got to sit there and really listen to it. Yes. You know, to oh, get yeah. these puns, to get these double entendres, to get mm-hmm. these you know, half of a paragraph here and it continues down the road type situation. Yeah. So, but that's what I love about him. It, it, you could tell it was just nothing but a friend group because he has some of that tonality and at least in terms of just the writing and the flow of it. It's just like, I'm sitting right across from him and he's telling me this straight to my face. When I feel that on a record, especially a hip hop record. Yeah. That's it. For sure. Uh, we're gonna briefly talk about. Uh, I know. I know. Joe hasn't heard it yet. The the Jeezy album. Uh, he's not. Oh lord. We Joe can move past it. <laughs> I didn't. Okay. I'm gonna just say this in terms of my review of it. It's a played out. It's a played out sound. In Bro, 04 it, and 05. It, it, in 04 and 05. I mean, yeah, everybody was was. <laughs> but Come on, in bro. 2023 what? in 2023, that's just not working. And even a Justice no. League, Justin, a Justice League second half produced album is not gonna help you. It's just, it just it didn't didn't save him at all. I'm sorry, bro. I just I feel like he just found that hard drive somewhere from some old studio session. Yes, hot on. I, 
Bro, I, when you asked me, how honest was I with you, bro? Oh, you were very you honest. Asked me, yeah, you yeah, said I'm not a fan. Yo, I'm not a fan of Jeezy. Yo, so, but he, yeah, he asked me about it. He was he mentioned the Jeezy, um, and I was like, bro, I'm gonna be real with you. I don't, I, I don't like Jeezy. Like I don't. I, and I and I and I did glance at the record. Actually, before I told you that, I checked the new record out for a second. I was like, hey, maybe he's, maybe there's something he's doing. That I don't know about. I was like, nah, I'm good. 29 good on songs this. <laughs> and no features. And, and I got to hear those horns that I heard for years. You know, <laughs> yes, bro. Bro, I don't the want same that. same ad-libs, the same beat production, the same, ha <laughs> like, bro, yeah. shut up, Jesus. I'm hanging yeah, up, bro. I'm hanging up. The same I'm bars, bro, is so recycled. Hip-hop, that form. Yeah, I'm bro, sorry. it's over, And that bro. album cover. I was like, bro, no. Take that album cover back home. That, that, that is all. Yeah, that, that Neil made that album cover years ago and just recycled. That, That's what he did. <laughs> that Neil Long interview is not gonna help you, <laughs> bro. Come on, man. Come on, Jeezy. Like, bro, you you were you were on fire. You were in, you on in two thousand between basically between two thousand three and two thousand seven. You go to a basketball game. You go to a high school basketball game, bro. Yeah, bro. You were if if Jeezy was not. Bumping in there, Jeezy this, Jeezy that, yeah, bro. Even Ti said he's gonna make a double double disc album, and I'm like, it's not gonna hit the same because there was a there was a run where Ti was like the guy, the top guy, and I feel like certain rappers are still just like trying to like bring that feeling back, that euphoric feeling back, and it's just it's just not gonna hit the same. I don't I don't want to hear that again. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like if. Uh, Chameleon Air came out with a new record, is like trying to reinvent. I'm like, bro, I wouldn't want that. And that's the thing. My question is, why is Nas being able to sound fresh and new? Like he's he's obviously an older rapper, but it's like we're not tired of hearing Nas albums. Like 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 because it it's it's the producers, bro. You got it. You you know it's music is a development that is only only has growth on it when you collaborate. And hip hop, you know, I got told, man, like, and shout out to my to my. Met a dear friend, mentor. His name's uh, Master Ice. Man, he. I grew up in very brief. Uh, I lived about in Fort Walton Beach, uh, Fort Walton Beach, Florida, for about ten years, and I got introduced to him. He's part of Jazzy Five. He was, you know, and and that was one of the pioneers in that early game, right? And I learned so much from him about hip hop and everything. And he said this to me years ago and it's always stuck with me. He's like, hip hop didn't invent anything. It reinvented everything. So when you think about it like that, bro, it has to reinvent itself. You have to reinvent yourself. If you're an MC, you're still a musician, you know? And so like Nas, Nas has never let me down. (laughs) Like Nas. Ever. So, you know, that maybe that was a long explanation or answer. Since Illmatic, he's been on it. <laughs> you know, and, and to, to, I mean, but see, then again, like, again, it goes to the producers. There are producers, like, Just Blaze is still making hits. Yes. You Just know, Blaze. like, bro, I mean, I can trust that Just Blaze is going to be a part of a record, you know, or Alchemist or whoever. Like, like we just said earlier, bro, Nas and Alchemist together would... I probably just move mountains. I sit and I sit inside all day. <laughs> yeah, move mountains, bro. It was, yeah. All of a sudden, there's a bridge from from Alaska to Japan. You know, it's like there's just there's something that's just like, oh my god, we, we, we what is happening? <laughs> yeah, right. Definitely. But, but yeah, I mean, you know, 
definitely. I think that's why Nas and cats like that, you know, they they stay in the test of time. Absolutely. So listeners out there that like the Jeezy album, hey, good for y'all. We're not feeling it. We, <laughs> We're not we feeling love it. you the same. It's, we love you the you same. Know, <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, and now getting to our next review with Aaron Aaron Ray's Phases 3 EP. Um, in this new P, it, it's the third installment in the series, which dates back to 2016. And, you know, he's mentioned how this project was kind of intended to course correct. And Ray is going back to, you know, what he does best, having fun with his art and going off instinct. And, and, and I feel as though this was a, a good a good mix of songs for an EP. I, I can tell he's building up to another album. Um, and there's, there's some tracks he's just trying to experiment with. Um, and it's not fully, it's not a fully realized plan yet, but he, but he's kind of getting there, uh, to you, Joe, how did you feel about this EP and, and, you know, what he put out? Man, um, you know, first of all, I'm, I'm, a when it comes to production, I'm all, my ears always perk for the drums. And, um, I thought the drum production was fantastic. You know, it was really cool. It sounded different. Um, I kind of get what you're saying. It makes sense. Like I, I could see where certain songs like were tapped into something different. Yeah. And then some of them were, you know, just, Hey, this is a solid R and B tune. Like, you know, it's modern R and B. It's a vibe. Um, but then there were a few hits that I was like, okay, like this, I would love to see nothing but this, you know, this, this type of sound. Um, I'm trying to remember. There's definitely the last two tracks um, on there. Man, let's see what that is. You don't want to misquote anything, but we do this. All I the time. The first... We do this all the time. Where me and Savon pull up the track list and like, hey, which song? We... <laughs> yeah, dude, I'll forget names, bro. Like, I'm one of those people. If I walk up, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I will not. Yeah, yeah, I will not remember. Um, I, yeah. So save it all was dope. Electric was dope. Um. Psychic was quirky. It was cool. Um, but, you know, like, it had its, it had its like, like tequila and stuff like that. That was, you know, little little vibe holders. But Did you yeah, like the above I, the rim freestyle? Did you like the above the rim freestyle? That was like a, I think it was a minute 30. I didn't, I didn't get the purpose of that. It was like a minute 30 or something. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't, to be I don't there know to be why. There. Like, I mean, look, I think there's... Look, Lucky Day is doing a great job of yes. you know combining R and B and hey, I'm gonna spit, but he does it. There's a there's a line, there's a thin line, you know, where like you can you can actually drop some bars, but still keep it poetic in the R and B tip. Candy so, Drip, Candy Drip was a phenomenal album. That's still one. Of oh, bro, bro, it. absolutely. Love Candy. <laughs> hey, Von hates it. Say, so, I know, I know you do. I don't but hate I got an ally. it. I didn't I got an hate ally it here. <laughs> he was more. I'm. <sighs> You know, I'm indie style, and I think his his sound before he went mainstream was better than. That's just me. A lot of artists who went mainstream music yeah. were better before they did so, obviously. So that's why I really wasn't a huge fan of it. Um, but that's neither here nor there. Don't, 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 don't <laughs> come on, Wellington. <laughs> Stay on topic, brother. Yeah, <laughs> we'll go I mean, down overall, that rabbit hole. <laughs> I mean, yeah, man. Overall, that's one of the things. Like, if I'm listening to some modern R and B. Yeah, you know it, the production value. That's like sometimes I won't even listen to the lyrics or the vocals at all. I'm just like, what's the production doing? And again, like drum production was sick. Like some of those songs, like I like that it had some guitar. You know what? Here's the thing though, I like that it has some guitar. It, basically, there's a good amount of tracks of guitar on there. But we're in this day and age now. I don't know if that's a real guitar player. I don't know if that is oh, the MIDI yeah. patches yeah, are getting so that. real. That I'm like, 
hey, bro, respect the record, but you're putting us out of work. No, really. That is true. That is true. You know, but so, yeah, I, I, it was a vibe. And like you said, well, I can't wait to see. Um, I want to see what the album sounds like. I want to sure. see what the album sounds yeah, like. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Savon, to you, how did you feel about this EP? Because like we talk about EPs all the time. Hey, is, yeah. this a, is this a good starting point for an album? Is this one that maybe didn't lead to the right direction? What did you kind of feel about it overall in, in his direction? Well, both of you guys said it already. This I feel like this was an experiment. And that's what you do with EPs. You kind of like see what's working, what people like. And then for the album, it's more concise. I think this should have been at least like seven, eight songs, not 11. That freestyle should have never been on this. There's, it's like you said, Joe, there's ways to do it. But I think he was more so like, hey, I started as a rapper. What you guys remember? It was sounding forced a bit. And his flow wasn't good. I mean, it was just it was just weird. I've never seen Aaron Ray rap before, and it was just like threw me off. Like, okay. And then at least I thought he at least had uh, two features on this. One be to kind of like help with the sound or the, the experimenting that you're doing. So it kind of balanced. Yeah, exactly. And you've done that before. I you could have got Kalani again. You you collab with her this. all the time. She could have been on this. They mm-hmm. have some good records together. Kalani could have been one. I'm pretty sure you could have reached reached out to um, I think him and Summer Walker have, has a good relationship. So he could have, I don't know if he didn't want to or whoever his team was, but I thought two like two features would have made this even better. They could have elevated it. Complete, yeah, and it just like balanced the sound because some of it was chaotic to me. Like you wanted to go this way and then you switch it up midway. It was just like, it wasn't a consistency throughout the EP, but I, that's how I felt like it was an experiment. Yeah, because totally. Because if, if you look at, listen to Aaron Ray's albums, it's more concise. It's, it flows a little better. I don't know why yeah. I just did the little hand motion. It doesn't do it <laughs> oh, hey. Uh, it's a little bit of by the Sponsored by the O. Oh, man. <laughs> But hey, I mean, look, an EP, an EP is a great space and a safe space yeah. for experimentation. You know, sure. like, think about it. I mean, we were talking about Lucky Day earlier, not to go off on a tangent, but he started with EPs and then basically added that up. And I was like, it. you know what? I'm going to just put this all together now. It was like he, he shaved the fat, kept working mm-hmm. with it, working with it. And that's mm-hmm. the thing, like that's the thing two artists will do. Like they'll upload something, like let's say an EP, and then they'll keep working on it, and then they'll come back and then just slide those new edits of them, new versions of them, and you don't even know. And that's yeah. you know, there's there's ways to go about it, but the EP, uh, the the EP is definitely I think a safe space for an artist to still be creative, still have their sound, but to really experiment. Uh, and that's up to <laughs> Beauty's in the eye of the beholder. Um, <laughs> you want to just decide to rap for, you know, a minute and 30. <laughs> <laughs> Go for it. Yeah, you I definitely mean, would be mad at you yeah, about it. Cool, bro. Like, if I see you in the streets, I'm still going to say what's up. You know? Right, yeah. I'm like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, I was thinking about this. We're talking about R&B. What's your R&B Mount Rushmore, Joe? I'm going to go with oh. Marvin Gaye, Teddy Pendergrass, Sade, Winnie Houston. That's okay. Yes. Yeah, oh, yeah. I don't want the shot. I don't want the shot of disrespect. I don't want the shot of disrespect. <laughs> so, 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 was that five? What did you say? Four. Five? Four. Marvin Gaye, Teddy Pendergrass, Shade, Winnie Houston. Um, in no particular order. Um, yeah. I mean, I got to give it to Marvin. 
uh, Marvin Gaye. Um, man, D'Angelo, of course. Oh, yeah. I, I can't not. Solid. <laughs> um, Solid. I do. Look, man, I love some Bobby Womack. I love me some Bobby I, Womack. I'm slept on, too. Uh, but see, I get conflicted because, like, you know, honestly, like, man, I love I love Curtis Mayfield so much to where I've listened to him to be like, man, this is like the impressions and stuff like that, like beautiful, like R and B underneath. But anyways, I, then I'd probably finish it up with, um, see again, I don't know if Curtis can make that list, but I would say, um, dude, either Luther, like Luther Vandross or um, man or um, what what I'm brain for What do I got here? His records right here. Um, oh yeah. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh, uh oh, uh oh! Oh, <laughs> oh my! Oh. The big perm. I was yeah. talking about the big perm. <laughs> you know, I mean, but see, that always changes for me, man. That it's a tough changes. list, it's but, but, a tough but yeah, I mean, definitely Marvin Gaye, D'Angelo, um, and and just right for right now, Bobby Womack, Luther. I mean, that in that list just cycles. But Marvin and D'Angelo will always be on that record mm-hmm. or on that. Who you, who you got to say, Bon? I know, I, I know I brought this on, on spur of the moment, but I'm just... No, you good. Luther, Don't Kill Me, guys. Usher. Got to. Uh, Luther, Usher. Shoot. I wanted that's pop. She's Louise. Oh, Teddy. Teddy's definitely on there. Man, yeah, I listen Teddy, to Teddy yeah. so much. And yeah, uh, ooh, the, fourth, fifth, the fourth spot is kind of hard. Jesus. See, I, man, you said Luther, bro. I, one of my favorite songs, and I think it's, I, I, in my opinion, you know, somebody walked up on the street, is like, bro, name your favorite love song. Never too much. I love that song yes. so much. I love yes. the writing of it because <laughs> I love the writing of it because it's like, it's somebody who's like, well, that's not a love song. I was like, bro, how is it not? I was Never like, too much. It's, what you talking it's, about? It's literally. <laughs> I love how it's like. It how is puts that me not in, a love song? <laughs> right, bro. It just it just makes me. It just it's so vivid to me, and it's so vivid. It makes me feel like I'm, you know, watching a movie that he's playing and waking up thinking about this woman. But you know, it's yeah, yeah. Good, good call, Luther. You, did you come up with a fourth or no? It's Stevie Wonder. Stevie Wonder's my. Oh, favorite. I, you know, I, you're right. Like yeah. I was gonna say Stevie, but I didn't want to. Yeah, deep. <laughs> when you see her on the street, okay. When you see her on the street, Stevie, okay, Stevie. Yeah, yeah he's thinking about see. it. Yeah, he can't see, but yeah. Talk about what I see her on the street. You let the cat out the back. <laughs> yeah, man. I, oh, man. That's, a, that's a good list. That's a good like. You know, I, when it comes to like, you know, hip hop or or like blues artist or whatever, like. Those are kind of solid for me, but the R and B stuff, man, that that list will always just yeah yeah a top five or or Mount Rushmore top three top four whatever that will always like it just yeah. depends on what I wanted to mean. say R and B yeah yeah I wanted to do the R and B Mount Rushmore because the rap Mount Rushmore might get us like in a two hour yeah, segment so I'm we're like, not gonna I'm get to I'm the rest gonna, of the music I'm not I'm not gonna I mean, do that that's we'll fine with me next. too that's <laughs> fine with me too that Mount Rushmore it changes man because Rock M is definitely on my Mount Rushmore. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, 100%, man, him, sure. his bro. Oh, anywho, go go ahead, Wellington. Because I can talk I, about Rocky. Rocky's the goat. 
but but getting to our next week with Benny Benny the Butcher and Lil Wayne's uh, uh, Big Dog single. Uh, in this song, it kind of has a, a, a reliably hazy beat from Alchemist. Both Benny and, and Lil Wayne approach the track with you know serious focus and attention. Um, Wayne, Wayne to me really kind of just dominated this track. He he, yes, the verse he, he had. I mean, he I was agree. the standout. Benny had a good verse, but just like how with Johnny P's Caddy J Cole sold that song, I feel like Wayne sold this song, and he's. I want to see Wayne put together another elite album because that last uh, what, what, what was it? The fix before the six. He, yeah, it was a mess. Was, it was a mess. So yeah. I really want to see what he does for this next album. But 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 to you, um, Joe, how did you feel about this song? Kind of like you know what Benny's uh, next album could, could be like. Uh, well, I mean, you you definitely took some of the words out of my mouth. I mean, um, Lil Wayne, you know, Odin. he took it. You know, I mean, and and that's funny for me to say because I've always been a fluctuating Lil Wayne fan. I mean, mm-hmm. I've never really been a fan, but. Um, you know, the beat went the hardest. The beat dominated both of them, I think. Um, I mean, it's Al- I mean, it's Alchemist production, bro. I'm gonna I'm gonna like it. I'm gonna love it. You know, it, it's gonna sound great, feel great. But you know, um, Lil Wayne took the cake. So now, as far as the butcher stuff, I mean, you know, Benny the Butcher, he he's gone up and down for me. You know, like yes. he, I, I don't know where he's at. I don't. Bird, like, burden of proof, burden of proof was was kind of his pinnacle for me. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's cool, man. Like I don't expect anybody to have it figured out, you know. But I do like to, like we were talking about just a minute ago, man. Like, hey, man, try some stuff, experiment, you know. And, and especially in hip hop, like I was saying earlier, I'm glad that they were on this type of beat. I've truly never heard Lil Wayne on something like that. Yes. You know? Yeah, and I'm like, bro, do more of this, do you know, do more of that. But you know, that's that's me. That's wishful thinking, you know. So <laughs> definitely wishful. But I mean, hey, I'm, 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 yeah, I'm gonna have open ears for you know, you know, Benny's Benny's you know, album or whatever may come out. But um, yeah, we'll see. That's all I can. That's all I can say about it. You know. Yeah. Um. So you say, how how did you feel about this song and? Kind of like like Joe was saying, you know, we want to see Benny experiment on, on certain things. He's gonna kind of stay in a certain pocket. How did you yeah. feel about about this this track overall? What I expected from him, I got the same similar verses that he always does. I, it was refreshing to hear Lil Wayne on these type of beats, like Joe said. I think that can ever he could go into evolution as a rapper to start rapping on these because his album sounded like every other album that we've heard from Lil Wayne. And it really doesn't resonate because it's an old sound. So if you want to still be relevant, like you got to be on these type of tracks or tracks with Just Blaze or just like Little Wando, Five Hundred. That's catchy <laughs> song. That beat was that's fire. Wayne. That's 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 the Wayne. You know what I mean? That's what's you know have longevity. But this, but him being on this track, I really enjoyed it. His verse I thought was strong. I think his features have been stronger than his actual written verses. That's the on thing that upsets songs. me. <sighs> It's yeah. weird because uh, <laughs> you would want to say the best for your own stuff, <laughs> everybody else's stuff. So it was weird hearing him. Like I thought the verse was strong. I thought Benny verse was strong, but it's just like it's the same things: recycled, recycled thoughts, recycled cadence, right. recycle everything. But don't you think certain rappers may just not have? I mean, I'm not saying that rappers can't grow, but do you think certain rappers just kind of like they've they've just got a, a peak to what they can really do unless they just like you say, hook up with other productions. I don't, I don't, I don't know if Benny can absolutely. really get into a different. Uh, absolutely, because that's the difference between in my eyes an MC and a rapper. 
if you you're an MC, your versatility of finding different ways to say things, cadence, whatever, mm-hmm. you're an MC. If you're a rapper, that means you're in this small little pocket. There's no yeah. growing out of that yeah. pocket unless you evolve to be MC. But yeah, I mean, yeah, no, I mean, it's like, yeah, you're wrapped up in something and Mm -hmm. the the MC vibe, you're a linguist, you know, you're, Mm -hmm. you are, um, you know, you're, you're dedicated to the pen, you know, and, and, um, I, it's the same for being a musician. Like, you know, when somebody's like, you know, are you a guitar player or are you a musician? And those are two different things. Mm -hmm. Those are two totally different things. Musician definitely implies that there's research and there's an eagerness to learn. So, and we've seen it. Like, I mean, bro, like there's guys that have gotten out after they've done enough and, and it's like, bro, beautifully done. Well, well played, well played game. Like, I mean, we could talk about Jay-Z who, who eventually came to the point. It's like, all right, I'm not, he did what he needed to do. If, yeah. if honestly, like still occasionally Jay-Z does this, you know, if he's on a, if he's featured on something, for example, like, I'm like, okay, I kind of know what I'm going to get from Jay. Yeah. You know, I know what I'm going to get, which is cool because I don't hear it that much anymore. But, you know, it, it is very Ding. easy to get. He does, yeah. He yeah. doesn't have that's to do. Perfect point. He does He didn't, he didn't overstay his welcome to me. He knows, yeah. like, that's that's now, that's it, a, now it has yeah, been, it has been five years since 444. And I do want, uh, Jay Z is one of my favorite rappers ever. So I do want to hear another Jay Z album. But at the same time, I still I think you don't. <laughs> no, I mean, well, I, I, I just, you know, I mean, is, I that is like, what, what is he going to talk about? That that issue. What is it, what is Jay going to talk about at this point? Yeah, bro. I, I mean, bro. What what are you struggling with? Yeah, you know, <laughs> How to spend it? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, now, hey, credit where it's due. You know, like, uh, I mean, bro. Look, uh, I mean, if if I want to go hear some deep cut Jay Z, I'll just go throw on Jay Electronica. You know, and, and check yeah. that whole tip out. You know, which, that was a dope. That was a dope. Yeah, Parker. like that's a whole extension of like. I would love to see, I mean, bro, okay, I would love to see Jay-Z and, Al- and Alchemist. Who even knows what that would sound like? Yeah. But, yeah, you said it best, whereas, like, you know, he never overstayed his welcome. Yeah. And and I think that's a beautiful thing. But to circle back around, yeah, I, I think it's like, you know, even when you're talking about Jack Harlow, I mean, to go way left field, back to the rap rap, you know, like, I don't expect – I don't expect him to, you know, what was it you said earlier? It was just very, it's just, I don't want to say boring, but it was just yeah, very. Yeah, it's like so, ch- like on his last album, Jackman, the uh, the 10th, <laughs> the one where he has his shirt off in front of the, tr- I don't, under that cover art is one of the most confusing. <laughs> on the back streets of Kentucky. <laughs> this, is how I'm coming back. <laughs> this is how I'm coming back. So that 10th song album, <laughs> he tried to just, hey, I'm just going to, I'm just going to show I can be a rapper, but I'm like. You have that college feel type of yeah. type music that you should go back to, and you're you're trying something different, but it's just not it's not matching the aggressiveness because you don't sound hungry. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Perfect. I, I, Perfect. You know, that's why, like, you know, man, one of my uh, one of my favorites is um, side note is DJ, you know, Jazzy Jeff. You know, mm. like, oh, yeah. he's got some, he's got some records, man. Um, I forget the MC's name, man, but like, bro, he talks about just, you know, sleeping just to wake up so he can get a slice of cheese. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, you get to that strugularity that you get on Illmatic. You know yeah. what I'm saying? That, I mean, rappers go about it. MCs go about it in their own way. Like Eminem had his way left field situation, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, getting back to Nas or 
I mean, shoot, even like early J Electronica, like I was bitching it, but man, it's, it's not, it has to have a struggle to it, but I mean, bro, it's, it's a hip hop is a commutative thing and it, it can is. only be spoken from experience. Yeah. And like, bro, we're reaching the 30, we're reaching the 30, we reached the 30 year anniversary of men of Wu-Tang's Midnight Marauders. Like that's, come on, man. Let's like, like Exactly. You listen to Wu-Tang. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, these men, look, I mean, especially, you know, when you listen to OBD, you know, Yo, that is like, one like, of the, the best episodes ever, like, bro. You're not struggling as hard as him, bro. You know, mm-hmm. like it's so. Um, how? Yeah, to all to encompass it all. Like, I mean, I would love like two MCs, man. Like their their tonality. Like, I will hook on. I will latch on to an MC for the tonality, and I think that you know Benny has, you know, he has a good tone, a, a good vibe, but. You know, I don't know, man. If you if you're getting out scored on by Lil Wayne at this point in Wayne's career, yeah, like what are you like, Benny? What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Hang I'm sorry. Up. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. Hang exactly. Up. That's true. Um, and now get into our last review with Yeva's Waterfall. I adore you. Um, this new track includes a natural rendition and it's just sonically opulent. Following her last album, Dawn, in 2021, this is a great teaser for for what she has coming up next and. I'm a, a major uh, a Yeba fan. I really like her the, the the tone in her voice, how she can flow with instrumentals. Um, I feel like ever since like w- like we mentioned, Savon, in Yeba's heartbreak on on uh, on Drake's CLB, that's when the world's like, oh, who is Yeba? And now she's been able to 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 to, to just really skyrocket. Um, how did you feel about this track, Joe? And kind of you know what do you think her ne- her next sound can can be like on her on her follow? Oh man, look, I um. I really have just fell in love with her stuff more and more. I mean, especially when she started working with Robert Glasper. Um, that, I mean, bro, I've heard her sing James Brown and like screaming, like hit that tone. Like, I mean, I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it. I was just like, her range is <laughs> <Had a moment. laughs> so, yeah, man, her range is so immaculate. But I mean, that song was beautiful, and, I, and that was a good choice, man. I, I'm, I'm glad, you know, I didn't know. Sometimes, man, I'm in my own world, and and new releases kind of slip by, and I and I, man, when people just judge you just for that, they're like, "You haven't heard it?" I'm like, "No." Okay. <laughs> a lot of but, music comes out. A lot of music comes out yeah, every bro. week. It's, just, it's, a, it's lot overwhelming. Man, <laughs> in the world, man. <laughs> I can't. Yeah. I can't do that. But the the song overall, man, was just beautiful. Like I, you know, it, it's such a, it, it really is like a journey. In its own right, to sit the song down feels like a journey. The song, yeah, feels like it, a journey. <laughs> it's beautiful, man. And I mean, you know, sometimes a single can be a placeholder, just to where they're like, "All right, let's get this out so we can get to the record." You know, to at least keep people, you know, you know, give somebody something to chew on before then. But yeah. I, I was completely satisfied. I was like, "Man, she killed it again." Um, I can't wait. I can't wait to hear what what else she I does. Hear her next I, I pray. I pray she does like just just do a, a James Brown cover, man. Because <laughs> I will send you the video I'm talking about. I mean, she's in an arena and her voice carries. Carries. She's doing um um oh which one is uh, on the good foot? I was like, sheesh, bro. I'm having another moment. I'm so <laughs> anyway. 
Yeah, man. That was great. That was All great. Right. You, you turned me on to that single, so I appreciate it. The skeptic over there is, is looking is looking a little looking a little conflicted. How, how did you feel about <laughs> Uh I gotta give it a couple more listens. Um I'm still trying to put her in a category. And I don't know if that's a good thing or bad thing of not who she sounds like, but what direction her music, my ear can gravitate to. Because for, I don't know if that made sense, but for like, say, Janae Aiko, I know it's going to be what to expect. I know what ear of Ram I'm in to put her in to listen to her music. I don't know what mood or what place I am to listen to Yeba's music, if that makes sense. But she is very talented. I thought this song was uh, was good, but I have to replay it a little bit to kind of categorize where, what moment of time I can listen to this. Because it's not like putting in the car early in the morning. It's 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 not um, right before yeah. you eat lunch. It's like you got to, I got to categorize it to, because I felt like I was forced to listen to it, obviously because of the podcast. But I want to put her in a place where I'm in a mood to listen to her. And I don't think I, I got to that point yet with her music, but she's yeah. very freaking talented. I don't know if that made sense. No, I just no, blacked man. out. Uh... No, that's <laughs> all right. No, bro, I, I think I, I, I know that on the head, man. I mean, um, it is kind of hard to, to categorize her. And I don't think it's, you know, even worth doing in terms of like, it's really mm-hmm. cool how she's, I mean, she got started working with um, uh, Chance the Rapper. And I remember the performance where she was killing it to where live TV, he turned around and was like, what? And that's really where her career started to take off. So it's like, think about it. Her her career now at this point has been um, a lot of it has been features or singles or, you know, whatever. So, like, I think you can't really. Um, how many records does she have? How many records does she have? Do you guys know? Like, I don't, does she have a whole record? She's got um, uh, her last album, Don, came out in 2021. That yeah, was about, 21. Like, 13, yeah, okay. 12 songs. Okay. Yeah. See, that's, like, that's where I'm speaking out of an experience. I need to actually listen to that because yeah, if you I, yeah, I would be interested to, to, to see what what you think about that. I thought that was a good album. Yeah. Oh, she had a uh, single with me, Smino. That's interesting. Yeah. So I guess my point with that was just like it, it's it's fun to hear her. I found her more. Savon, this actually might help you. Like live videos with her and Robert Gosper and. Her, you know, like, dude, she's using, um, so like when she's singing, she has a, like a table set up mm-hmm. and she's got all these, uh, uh, pedals, like effects, like effects units and stuff. So like, she's, she's altering her voice on the fly. It's bro. It's experimental, man. It's like that new wave of, um, I mean, I don't know how familiar you are with Robert Glasper and, and, you know, like black radio and all that, but it's, it's the new era of, you know. I know shedding that term jazz is, is kind of, you know, been been happening. But, I mean, it is a, a, a new transition of Black American music, you know, uh, formerly known as jazz. But it really is something that I think is wonderful to experiment with. And she does a great job of uh, just capturing every moment I've heard her in. But you're right. To put that on, put that single on on the way to work or in the car – 
hey, I'm going to go run to the grocery store. I'm not bumping that. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not bumping that in the Walmart or Publix parking lot. I'm not going to go to the bar, you know, get a beer, you know, chill and be like, yeah, I got a song to put on. Just <laughs> on the jukebox. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Funny. Uh, what did you think about it, Willis? I, I absolutely loved it because I'm a big fan of Yeba. I think I think she's um, progressed a lot. It, it, is it a like like do we like we say is it a single song? It's not a it's not a radio place. It's an album. It's a deep it's an album deep cut. And I think yeah. she just like like you said her live. I, I watched her Tiny Desk performance. I think she has that live that setting. Brilliant. Yeah, that live that setting brilliant. feel that she has. That I think that's where she really shows what she can do. Um, and, yeah. and like I said, even the I, I can't wait to see what she did with the, the James Brown uh, a song, but she obviously oh, can, can really impress in a live setting. Uh, I'm honestly I'm gonna send that. And I'm gonna sit on my couch for five minutes and wait for a phone call because <laughs> you're, you're gonna call me and be like, oh my god, you know. Real quick though, the before we close out, I know Joe, we've kept you too long. I'm, I'm sorry, man. This is this has gone on. Oh, I'm chilling, man. <laughs> but oh, uh, the the rap album nominations for 2024: Killer Mike's Michael. Which, which which means they all big fans of yeah, yeah. Travis Scott's Utopia, Metro Boom, Metro Boomin's Heroes and Villains, Nas and Hip Best Boys, album. Nas and Hip Boys King Disease Three, and oh, uh, Drake and Drake and Twenty One's Her Loss. Why out, is out that? Of the, on of, hey, we're an OBS sponsored podcast. We can't say anything <laughs> <laughs> for all the dogs. <laughs> I would say it's uh, Killer Mike. It might. I think Killer I mean, Mike might win. I it's I just hope it's either Killer Mike or, or Nas, Nas, you know, hey boy. Yeah. I mean, dude, um, what was it that year that uh, that Alchemist record was on the Grammy nomination? Um, was it recent? No, it was like twenty twenty, and I was like, I was like, this is like that was amazing to me, you know. Yeah. But now hearing that list, I got to be honest, I haven't checked the Grammy stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, out of that whole list, I would want either Killer Mike and oh, you know, or either Nas Hip Boy. But I got to be honest, you know, I, I did I did take a listen to the Killer Mike record, and I found myself just kind of skipping through it. I was just like, this is cool, but I was just like, it's an acquired taste. Not everybody's the biggest Killer yeah. Mike man. Yeah, I I mean, hey, bro, the production again was killer. Yeah. It was a vibe. Um, I probably need to give it more of a thorough listen. Like sometimes I'll do that when I put on a record. I'm like. I could be coming from another sound, so I'm like, yes, mm, the transition. Uh, yeah, you gotta, I gotta go back. And, and, yeah, yeah, you know, like a lot of people don't talk about that either. Yeah, man. I mean, you gotta, you know, the transition because if you listen to a, a one genre of music and you switch to this one, it's not gonna it's be right not gonna be in the same realm. Of yeah, I was listening to Chris Brown's uh, album yesterday. Then it then it transitioned to Meek Mill and Rick Ross. Rick Ross. I was like, whoa, this is a big, this is a big. <laughs> Yeah, you just season up. You're just I was like, what? From RB to yelling. I can't, I can't do this. I can't do this at 8 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> Meat Mill be oh, yelling on oh. every track now. I'm not yeah. a fan of Meat Mill anymore. I used to be. I, I was about to say, I did. I used to be a fan of Dreams and Nightmares. Yeah. yeah. It was like he's in a different pocket. Now, yes. he's, yeah, it's this out. is weird. R- Rick what, what, Ross, too. What would be your picks, Sam, for would it be the Nas and. It would probably be none of them. It would probably be her loss and Drake. I probably win. I hope not because that yeah. was a terrible album in my opinion. I'm, I'm a old purist of Drake's 
in his new Joe, music. Joe, I know you said, Joe, I know you told me, we had a conversation about Drake one, one day, and you said, I just want to hear him rap over Ninth Wonder production. That's the comeback season. Yeah, so like. that's what he used to do. And, the, bro, that Ninth Wonder production, I mean... Comeback season was crazy. Drake in his vibe, bro, it's like... Unmatched, it, bro. It, it's, bro, the... Like I said earlier, you know, that too, it's, and this comes from the engineering and producer side of my mind. I love, I, I, I'll, I'll sit there and pick out the tone. I'm like, this is it. And it sounds so dope. And bro, Drake has that, but I haven't, you know, I haven't heard that out of Drake in, in God knows how long, bro. I mean, it's probably what's your favorite, what's your favorite Drake album overall? Well, that's tough, there. I, I mean, because yeah, we all, I always go between "Take Care" and "Nothing Was the Same." I know, I don't, I don't know what yours is, Joe, because like, that's kind of me and Savon's pick. But I don't know what, what's what's your. Well, why is that your guys' pick? Why do you say that? I feel as though in that era, he matched the the emotional and the mm. he he knows he knows what his fan base is. When a rapper released an album like "Take Care" in 2011, everybody was like, "What is this?" Yeah. Like that was a right. that was a completely different uh, zone and move to actually do. And yeah. even so far gone, I think he, he mastered the melodic. And hey, I'm still gonna bar you up. That's to me. Yeah, bro, what, that's that's, him, that's the balance of what Drake is and why he's so different from any other rapper we've ever had. Yeah, I mean that's those two records are still because they're littered with ninth, you know, ninth yes. wonder beats. And uh, I think he was, yeah, man. I mean, hey, kudos to him. I mean, I I knew he was changing when he came out there. You know, with nothing was the same or whatever that was. You know, like you know, that's going on that whole. You know, and what rapper can make a song like "Hold On, We're Going Home" too? Come on, like what rapper? Bro. Can... <laughs> like, bro, music, I remember music video was trash. First yeah, of all. That was... music video was trash, but the song was actually pretty good. <laughs> it was yeah. a bump, bro. I yeah. remember I was dude. I That's was, a uh, <laughs> I was on a gig up in Atlanta when that you know literally the like playing in Atlanta. The gig, the the album came out at midnight, so we're driving back. And none of us had heard that record. And we put it on. We listened to the whole thing front to back. And I was like, yeah. Pound Cake? I was like, what, what am I listening time, to, bro? What a time. What a hard. time. That record, I mean, that record's hard, bro. That That is. Bro, to, you to hear the artist with Tuscan Leather, bro. Tuscan Leather, then Further Sting. And there was so many tracks. Even Worst Wu-Tang Behavior. Wu-Tang Forever. Wu-Tang Forever, bro. It's yours. Um, from Time. Bruh, it was We're just... just out. <laughs> that's, I think that's was his best album. Because I think when Drake was in that pocket, after he did uh, Thank Me Later, then he went into Take Care, he started yeah. a sound that nobody else has done before. Ever. Even his singing was different. It was a right. different sound. It it, it wore you because I didn't like Take Care. I was like, bro, what the heck is this? Like, That's yeah. what I'm saying. When it initially came out, people were, were pushing back what? on it. Now people consider it a masterpiece. Bro, and he deserved that Grammy. Yeah. That that the project from beginning to end, masterful. And then you have Stevie Wonder on the harmonica. Bro. Yeah, bro. Yeah, bro. Like when I hear oh, over man, my dead body, crazy. when I hear over my dead body, I'm instantly transported back to twenty. Oh, you want to be a funny guy? <laughs> Don't be you, Don't be making your heart, boy. Like, yeah. Oh my bro. goodness, man. Man, just this, Joe. It has been an absolute. We, we, we've kept you for too long, but it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Oh man, I'll keep. If we're on this, I'll keep going, man. Yeah. It's oh. been it's been so awesome. Thank thank you so much for for being on the show. Yeah, man. Thanks for um including me, man. You gotta you gotta hit me up again because um yeah, you know maybe we can just find one topic and talk about it. Yeah, just for, one. Just you know? one. Yeah. <laughs> you know? it, it, it was funny. I was just having a conversation with somebody about, 
they got me started on Kanye and I was like, Oh God, here we go. I was like, and I was, I didn't even, I looked down at my watch. I was like, Ooh, I'm so sorry. I just talked to you wrong. 45 <laughs> yeah. minutes. No, man, it, it's been great, man. You, your guys' um, opinions and, and perspective on these records is really cool. And again, like, you know, the, the Yibba record, I mean, that was great. Like, you know, learning some new stuff and, um, already had the butchered brown record down oh, yes. and you know, but but um but yeah thanks man thank you so much can't wait to do it again for real absolutely we're gonna take a quick break we'll be right back with our candy man review Welcome back to the show, and now we're getting into our Candyman review. And to start with the overview, this is a supernatural horror film written and directed by Bernard Rose and starring Virginia Madsen, Tony Todd, Xander Berkeley, Cassie Lemons, and Vanessa E. Williams. The film follows a Chicago graduate student com- completing a thesis on urban legends and folklore, which leads her to the legend of Candyman. It had a budget of eight, eight to nine million, brought in 25.8 million to the box office. Also had a 79% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. And we were originally supposed to record this the week of Halloween. It was on, I was telling you, like, when I, when I saw it, I was like, oh man, I gotta. I got, got got to talk about the original, but how did yeah. you feel about a movie that obviously had um it was it was extremely chilling, uh, horrific, but also had an interesting premise. I can't remember what age I watched this movie at, but I remember being terrified because it was bees, and I'm really not a fan of bees or hornets. And then he had a hook. I'm not a fan like, of person with nah, that one hand. <laughs> ah, like why are we watching this? And then I. Could remember why all that happened. I think it was like back in the old times or something. Was it racial? I think so. Yeah, it was I, racial. There was or a lot of racial. Yeah, racial. Yeah, so it was interesting. Yeah, but as a kid, I didn't understand that part. I wasn't cared about that part. I was cared about like, why is this black dude coming with all these bees and a hook? But I mean, you could tell the difference, like the evolution of film, because you watch this movie. It is so old. The shots are just it like feels nineties. It feels yeah. Very it was 90s. really old. Cameras was not like as you know, obviously four K or crystal clear like we have now. So there's a big difference. But outside of that, I thought as a kid, man, this is very terrifying. And this is you have to have this in your top ten of horror movies of all time. Has to be. So it's in, it's, in the, it's up there. It's in that list. Yeah. Like we have to mention, like it is in that list of like if you're gonna mention a horror film. You have to mention this. Like, do you yeah. think that is why? Because, because, like, even today, I hear people mentioning it just out of jokes. Do you think when you have that, like, cachet and just that original that 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 tagline, what about it? Do you think kind of makes it that movie that people even still have to like mention in twenty twenty three? I mean, with horror films, it's all about like one liners. You know, um, Chucky. You remember Chucky? You know, because oh, yeah. of. Uh, even Jack Nissical, here's Johnny. You remember that because of like the one-liners and things that go on in the film and the horror or you know suspense film. So I think it's the one-liners. It's the the I think the overall uh, synopsis from the film because he's a guy who is a lot of bees, half a hand, killing people. Don't care who it is. So, but I think the one-liners that do it because Candyman, Candyman. It's like it's like. You remember that, especially as a kid, like Candyman or Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary. Yeah. Like repetition and just one word repeat. Sticks in your head. It's easy. <laughs> it sticks yeah. in your head. So I think that plays a, a role in to having this film, you know, being a top 10 and people remembering in it. Yeah, for sure. Um, From one to four star, getting to our first top from one to four stars, what would you give it? Um, I would go with four because, I mean, it fulfills a lot of the requirements that are necessary for a traditional 
um, horror film. And yeah. Madsen, she's just a very strong, willed, sympathetic lead. And the plot has narratives that really, they're, they're not finished until like the end of the movie. So you see that last scene about her turning into the new Candyman. And I think yeah. it, it perfectly interweaves the plot and just the suspense. It's, it's, it really is a traditional horror film and what you expect mm-hmm. in a horror movie. Um, from one of four stars, what would you give it? I'll give it a three and a half, but I'm I'm glad you said traditional horror films because we're not we don't see traditional horror films unless it's there like a remake or something like that. Like Get but Out is considered a horror film, yeah, but it's horror different. film, it's but it's different. different. What was the other one? Um, uh with the with that uh, Jordan Lupita, yeah. Oh, us, it's, us, us. Yeah. Yes, yeah. The, another horror film, and then the one we had with Kiki Palmer. Yeah. Them, yeah. I still don't understand nope. that movie till this day. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nope. So, so I'm glad you said traditional horror film, and this is definitely traditional from front to back. Um, how it was shot, the sequences, the blood, all those, all the stuff. It was very traditional. Um, I give it a three and a half because you know, even in the '90s, I thought. You know, I do know you're going to nitpick it with the with the yeah, shot. Yeah, you know what? Four stars. Just give it four stars. It was the 90s. It's a traditional... I mean, you can't go against a traditional horror film. Like, we, yeah. we have a bunch of them. Um, Freddy, Freddy, Freddy Cougar, Jason, um, Chucky, Candyman, even freaking Beetlejuice. I was a... I was like, I, yeah, Beetlejuice even scared me a little bit as a kid. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Was, ah! And a crazy dude come... <laughs> With bad makeup on, like it's just crazy. Yeah, so yeah, but nah, four stars. They don't need to nitpick a movie from the '90s, a traditional horror film. And uh, and now getting to a favorite character, I would go with Helen because as the protagonist, it was really fascinating to see her see her progression from you know the one who was chasing the Candyman in the story to actually you know becoming the villain um, that that you know she was originally trying to discover everything about. Uh, who overall in this film was your particular favorite character? Because I know it was like a, it was, it kind of narrowed. This is a, this is a narrowed yeah. down film. It's not like a huge cast. You got a few people in it that that are kind of the, the main focus. Oh, Anne Marie McCoy, and I'm glad she was in the remake as well. So yeah. it kind of tied in together. But I like the character because she was real. She was a, she was real. And I'm gonna get to you know what <laughs> one of her favorite sayings is what I'm gonna say. But I thought she was a real character. She, I think she portrayed like a real black person in a horror film. Oh yeah, for sure. um, but I thought it, her character was well needed because it was that realistic factor. Because obviously this is you know low key made up. It could it could be possibly like a serial killer vibe if we looked at it realistically. But I yeah. thought her character was needed. Obviously, I wanted to go. Well, Helen was a, a good character because obviously she's the main character, and then as a kid, I didn't know the plot was going to twist. She's going to come the new Candyman. I was like, what? <laughs> she can't do Candyman. How? This is crazy. But now out of there, and then obviously the Candyman himself, yeah. I thought was a good character. But I, I went with Anne Marie because I think her character is realistic and it placed that realistic factor within this film. So you always got to have that realistic factor, especially in, and she was, you know, a real black person. Because I would have said, white people only come around here to. to call <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 5 <Five-oh>, 0, <five-oh. laughs> Right, exactly. <laughs> Um, and before we move on, it's interesting because there were sequels to this film, but none of them matched the original. Like no. when you have horror film sequels and they can't get back to that, like, you know, like we always say in entertainment, there's that feeling of like, oh man, this was the peak. This was the pinnacle for an athlete, an artist. And they just can't get back to that. Like, what do you think was so difficult for them to like, kind of, even with the sequels, get back to the original feel? Cause it's like you said, 
this this is a top ten horror film, and they never reach the heights of it again with the sequels. Because it was it was ahead of his time, or it was right in the time of because yeah. the nineties sweet spot. Yeah, produced a lot of horror films that we still like. I think Screen came in the nineties. Yeah. Uh, obviously, all these like Tucky and Freddy Krueger and all these other stuff. So it was a right time for horror horror films. Now it's like people are not really doing horror films, really. Besides, I mean, Peel. To be honest, yeah, he's, with you. I he's like, kind of the anomaly. He's the anomaly right, right now. And then Scream. I mean, they keep remaking Scream because, and then they keep remaking the Jason film. Because yeah, nobody can come up, yeah, <laughs> nobody can come up with an original horror film outside of Peel. I haven't seen it, so them trying to remake these will not. It will it loses its luster because it's hard to adaptate or create and, and expand something that was in the right niche in the right time. Mm. And oh, yeah. that's perfect, what any film, perfect moment, yeah, perfect moment. It's in it's any film. They need to stop making Terminator. Like after Terminator, like four or five. Okay, bro. Like Matrix had it's a like, hey, we're good, we good after four. Yeah, at, at some point you got to realize, okay, we got to stop making these films. I know we're making a lot of money, but we're taking away from the originality of what we what was there before. Even Fast, Fast and Furious, fifteen, Fast yes, 15. <laughs> telling you, bro, they gonna read. I remember like when when it when it first came out, it was like, oh, this is dope. Like the first, yeah. kid, everybody liked it. Then it was just like, hey, it was different. We're gonna stop. We're gonna stop at some point. Like. <laughs> Like they're defying gravity at this point, guys. <laughs> at this point, they're superheroes. It's Vin Diesel saying, "I don't have friends." I have, family. <laughs> I have family. All right, okay, sir. Go away with the series and your family, please. I know y'all making a lot of money, but y'all taking from the originality of yeah. what people love. I love the first Fast two, and man. Furious, man. and it's the same thing. Get goodness, dude. For all the dogs sponsored. For all the dogs sponsored by OVO. Appreciate you. And what we, what we mean by that, my dog is keep interrupting me. It's <laughs> like a mean. child. Yeah. It's been an ongoing so, joke for since yeah, the Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for all the dogs sponsored by OVO. <laughs> but no, bro. It, yeah. To be able to keep the originality of these horror films that they keep coming out, it's, it's hard to do because, again, they were in the right niche time of creating horror films in the 90s. And you keep doing that. It, you, it loses luster the more you create from that originality. For sure. Um, and I'll get into most memorable scenes. I have the Candyman urban legend. Also, Helen meets Candyman. Do you believe in me? Mirror scene, the death of a Bernadette, psychiatric uh, death scene, uh, burning the Candyman, and, and finally, Helen. Helen is the new Candyman. Um, to, to you, particularly, what were, because the, the burning, that was a, a one, one that stood out a lot, the mirror scene. Uh, what would, to, to you, be, be the uh, most memorable one? When Helen became Candyman, oh, yeah. I was not switch. expecting it as a kid, bro. Yeah, like this whole time they they set it up for us to know who Candyman was, why he was Candyman, all this stuff, who he was killing, who he was going after, blah 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 blah. To turn around to, to give it to the main character, I think in horror films, I don't think anybody expected that to happen. I'm just, oh, no. I, I didn't, I didn't expect him to. Sorry. That that for was all, uh, come <laughs> for all the dogs possible. Hey, yeah. 40, Noel. Uh sorry this wasn't a smooth recording. <laughs> we'll chop it up. <laughs> um, but that's that was so unexpected. Cause it's like even rewatching it again when it came on, I was like, man, this is having that be the ending. And even like when you're especially when you're a kid, you're not expecting to see that. You're no. like, oh, they're gonna like 
beat the bad guy and everything's going to be good. It's like, no, this she's going to turn into what she's yes. actually chasing. And I think, I think that's was really the originality of the of the movie. Yes. Why people, you know, fell in love with it so much. Because, yeah, we that's never been done in a horror film before. Even in like the old school films, you, you don't get that in that storyline. Yeah. But yeah. First time listeners, this, this has never happened before. <laughs> like they didn't do this no. in a horror movie. <laughs> no, ever. Uh, yeah. Um, and now I get into most of the quotes. <laughs> I had, uh, I am the writing on the wall. The whisper in the classroom. Uh, that's uh, a good candy. One. That and that is like the tagline. Like that's the word. Yes, where you're like bro. when you think about Candyman, you think about that quote. Um, also, as for our deaths, there's nothing to fear. Our names will be written on a thousand walls. Uh, have you ever heard of Candyman from Clara? I can't say nothing, or Candyman will get me from Jake. Um, they are the unselfconscious un, un, un reflection of the fears of urban society from Trevor. And then finally, what do the good know except what the bad teach them by their excesses? Oh, that's uh, a good one too. To, to you overall, uh, what were some of your, your memorable quotes? Obviously, again, if you listen to this podcast, I always give Wellington's flowers. He always picked the best ones, and then I have to find the scraps. Uh, <laughs> true <laughs> statement. True statement. Wellington, OBO, so that's not true. That's not. True. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a fair quote. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's a good thing. You find the good ones, so I don't have to, and I could just, I could be the 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 do the funny ones or the, just the weird ones. And, the, and this is no exception. So, <laughs> and Marie McCoy, white people never come around here except to cause us some trouble. I think that is one of the realest lines in real. any movie. Saban brings the real <laughs> Bro, and I, as a kid, we don't expect that in a horror film. You don't expect this in a horror film to be that realistic because it started with racial tension and that's how you can't right. candy man and now people want to come around in newspapers ask all these questions oh y'all want to know about a game bang or blah 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 no i want to know about candy man so i thought it was a realistic factor but obviously that's not the best one the most memorable one well it's an already said all of them so here i am with the scraps <laughs> save on's corner thank you for save on's corner sponsored <laughs> <laughs> by sponsored by over your sound radio you for it. all the dogs <laughs> <laughs> Um, and now I get into what did you like the most about the storyline? Uh, to me, just how it imperfect because there were a lot of social issues in this in, in this film that they were covering. There was like yeah. the obviously the, the 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 fear of um police and them actually investigating Candyman, and then when Hel- when when Helen comes in, people not trusting her obviously because they're like, what what's your agenda? What's your motive there? This in, especially in Chicago, this was like this is a a storied uh, a storied legendary tale, and, and, and many people have have kind of like focus on the social aspects of it and right. it has the perfect balance between mystery and gore. It just, it checks boxes in, in so many yes, different ca- in horror categories. Uh, to you, what particular element of this storyline did you kind of like the most? So what I liked the most about the storyline was that the person who was chasing this story, chasing this the entire time became what she was chasing. That is, that is it. That literally is it right there. Oh, you want it? Oh, you gonna find it? You got it. You're gonna become it. <laughs> yeah, and that's what she did. I think we don't like. I that's don't where think curiosity, expect- curiosity yes. kills you. Curiosity yes. kills you. Yes, yes, and it led you down this road because you want to know the truth. You want all this stuff, and now you you got it something you weren't even ready for. Now you don't got no. You only got one hand. And you gotta live with it. You gotta live with yeah. the hook. You can't even wipe your booty right. <laughs> <laughs> No verses, just the hook. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's it. That was so good. It just like I heard it. I was waiting for him. 
<laughs> high quality. High quality. Yeah, that's the best one. That was, that was, by far, this whole time we Is did this podcast. That was so good. That was a good point. That was a hey, good one. Hey, I like punchlines, listeners. I'm just gonna say it. I like punchlines. That was a good one. Um, that was a good <laughs> one. Cloud, cloud. That was a good uh, one. And, and get into our last topic. You know, Tingers from now, do you still think it will be watchable and intriguing? Obviously, it has crossed that benchmark in so many aspects. Mm-hmm. I'm interested to see, like, from your perspective, when you have viewers that are that are used to like different horror, like modern horror films, how do you think they would view this film um, currently if this was the first time that they ever saw it? And just like, how do you think the rewatchable rewatchability would like continue to grow? I think it should be like you should be in awe because this film before it came out, I think it was, if I'm not mistaken, it was a book. I don't, I don't it, yeah, all of it, it was. sprouts from a yeah. book. So to be able to put it on the screen and make it to something that will stand the test of time and people want to remake it, I'm pretty sure before Key did it or Appeal did it, that there's a lot of people wanted to remake it but didn't know how to angle it or go about remaking this film because it's in originality, it's perfect. Oh, yeah. In a horror film, it's a perfect film. So how would you make a perfect film better? So when you look at this film, you you look at the originality, the script, from the storyline, from the characters, from the actors, everything is original, right, perfect timing. What you said, a traditional horror yeah. film, how can you make that better? So when you watch this, you should be in awe of how something was perfect the first time. And that it's hard to remake something that perfect. So now it makes you seem as a a movie connoisseur, if they have three remakes and it wasn't hard to remake it, how perfect is that first film? So this film is perfect and it took how many years to remake it? And I'm sure there was a lot of people that wanted to remake it. Yeah. So you look at The Matrix, you look at Terminator, you look at Fast so and Furious. I was about to say franchises, franchises, franchise, that like Godfather, yeah. Dark, you know, the the, the Dark Knights. Like when they when you can yeah. improve, when a sequel yeah. can actually improve, that's that's a testament. That, that's 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 a really an accomplishment. Yeah, but if you you have a hard time kind of perf- trying to perfect something that's already perfected, it's not going right. to get done because it's already perfected. So then that makes you think like, man, was Fast Furious the first one really a good movie? Was it really hard to write the second one? Was Terminator really hard to write? Was Harry Potter really hard to write the second one? So we just look at those and this, a horror film at that, so perfect that it took years to try to make a remake. Yeah. Flowers. Bouquet. Flowers. (laughs) Bouquet. (laughs) Bouquet. OVO Sound Radio. (laughs) Raw the dog. More tunes for your head top. More tunes for your head top. Man, oh my, my oh uh, man, we gotta get it, we gotta get it. <laughs> well, that wraps it up for today. I'm your host, one of the merchants on my kind of brass, Morris. This has been Full Scope. See you later. <laughs>